Want to hear your favorite Sir shows in CD quality and ad-free? Then sign up for Smodcast, a premium content archive launching in July. Membership has its perks, including access to ticketed events before anybody else. And if you pre-order Smodcast now, you'll get a kick-ass merchandise bundle, including comics, a mini-poster, stickers, a mystery shirt, and more. The first 150 pre-orders will also receive either a clerk's lunchbox or a chronic action figure. The merchandise bundle is just 25 bucks plus shipping and handling, and includes your first month of Smodcast access. After that, your credit card will be billed just $4.99 a month for ad-free, high-quality versions of every Smodcast internet radio show. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes say for pay. Sign up at Smodcast.com. When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork body and dig into a Nuna. It's Nuna with Dan and Marty. If you never had a Nuna, well, there's no sooner way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a Nuna. It's a Nuna with Marty and Dan. <laughs> if, if that doesn't make you smile, I, I don't know. Yeah. If it doesn't make you want to have yeah, afternoon just... sex, what will? <laughs> uh, well, uh, welcome to the second edition of the titillating two-hour radio embrace that we like to call Nooner. I'm your uh, host and merp, Dan Etheridge, and uh, this is my co-host, or would you prefer vice merp, Marty Yale? You let um, me know. All right. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll give you an answer. Okay. Vice merp, Marty Yale. How are you doing today? <laughs> I chose. Merp. Verp. The merp. Um, for those who might not have heard, on the first edition, merp, of course, stands for minor internet radio personality, but as a very wise uh, man named Felix pointed out to me yesterday, the M is is mutable, and in fact, someday could become major internet radio personality, or as I then suggested when we're canceled, mothballed internet radio personality. What about, or moribund. What about erp? Insignificant internet personality. <laughs> I, I think, I, yeah, we could trade that up for Merp right now. All right. But we're, but we're hoping to grow because thanks to Smodcast, we premiered very nicely. I think we got up to like number four this week in, wow. in premiering podcast. Well, thank you guys for Good podcasting, job. listening, yeah. and subscribing. Tell a friend. Thanks to the audience and to the good folks at Smodcast. This is a powerful group of people, and we're glad to be a part of it. Powerful. Don't, don't cross don't them. Don't fuck with them. We certainly won't. Uh, James, I heard yes. earlier, I saw you tweet, and uh, I heard something about some Irish car bombs. Oh, yeah. It was a long night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me was about it that, a that traffic thing? jam of Irish car bombs? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, so to speak. No, uh, what had happened was I was working at the Lovitz last night, and we had a, a fill-in show, uh, as it were, for right. last night. It was set for eight o'clock. However, uh, we didn't we didn't research uh, deep enough to realize that CeeLo Green was doing a free concert on CityWalk oh, uh, at eight o'clock. So we ended up having to push uh, our show back, which actually worked out beneficially for us because we ended up. Getting a, a huge crowd. Uh, oh, great, great! You know, huge surge from uh, from the people that were at the CeeLo thing. So right. they came over, and you know, we were kind of patting ourselves on the back, and we ended D- up job patting. job well, coincidentally yeah. done. Yes, <laughs> yes, coincidentally well done. <laughs> and we ended up patting our backs till about uh, two or three in That's the morning great. on uh, car bombs. Now, tell me about the, your Irish. Car- I want to say your Irish car bomb because I've had both Guinness with Jameson dunked in and Guinness with Bailey's dunked in. I'm getting, I'm seeing Alan shaking his head severely at the Bailey's, it's, but let me put in just a quick plug for Bailey's. That is milky chocolate goodness. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's better. Yeah. I thought you were saying yeah, no to the Jameson. No, no, no. Okay, no, no. so a real like car bomb a, is the Jameson yeah, and the Bailey's yeah. is the, is the girl version. Uh, fine. 
I'd, fine, I'll take it. I'm a man, but I'll take it. Girl version, bring it. That's right. what I'm having tonight yeah. to honor you, James, because I'm going out tonight uh, to thank celebrate. You. Right on. To That's celebrate. What we actually did both. We did a uh, shot of Jameson. We uh, lay, you know, separated it with some Baileys. Wow. Dropped that into right. the, So you had an omnigender I think Irish it's, car it's bomb. A, 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 a transsexual. A tranny yeah. car bomb. A tranny yes. bomb. <laughs> a tranny bomb. <laughs> you know what? I am definitely having order, some of those today. Order today. Yes. Yeah. We're going out celebrating uh, my pal Joy Lauren Adams in the town. We're going out celebrating uh, my BF Nick passed his dentistry exam. And we're going to do some celebration tonight. God bless Los Angeles. Um, anyway, Marty, it's great to be back with you here behind the desk a mm-hmm. week later. June gloom is gone. It's 175 yeah, wh- degrees outside. What is the July version of June gloom? <laughs> July's fly. <laughs> Thank you for coming. You're fired. That, we're canceled. You are fired. <laughs> we're canceled. Yes. What? I thought we were a dope show. Um, so, uh, it feels like July Fry right now. Hey, so, yeah. well done. So, well done. Okay, it's July Fry at the moment. Uh, and I spy in July Fry, but I'm not going to say a word. Or should I say a word? Hey, ding dong. Hey. <laughs> oh, my God, who just came in? in his own goddamn home. His own doorbell. I just wanted to pop up Kevin Smith here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Name and voice that you trust in Internet broadcasting. Uh, I just I huffed it up those stairs, and now I'm regretting it. <laughs> but seeing your smiling face has put a smile on Thank face. Thank you. Thank you both. I just wanted to come up, congratulate and also let people know, you guys right now are number five in comedy on the iTunes yeah. uh, Comedy Best of Podcast list. And number 24 in the world, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Iceland! Awesome. That's in great, the world. That's incredible. That's, I think that's amazing. That's, especially because no one even now to the second still knows who we are. <laughs> <laughs> What's the term? What is it? Merp. 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 Yes. Yeah, yes. I dug it. I dug it. We're anyway, merps. big congrats to you. For, well, for Merps, yeah. that's huge. <laughs> for Merps all around the world, we've yes. scored one. <laughs> Kevin, thank you, thank you for having us. We oh, God. It. Don't put it like that. Though. Well, <laughs> you know, we I don't thinking, have you. You guys have me. Well, we, we were thinking that we were, we were part. I, I think the metaphor I want to use is like it feels like we're a beautiful part of the British Empire right now at its height. You, you being are you India? Are no, you no, eventually no, no. going to go pound going. salt? No, no, no. Because you, you, you guys, like you and Jen, you and Jason, you and Scott, you and Malcolm, tell them that that's the India, Canada, thirteen colonies, Australia. <laughs> we're the Virgin Islands. No, we're Malta. No. We're Malta, a small but strategically important island with beautiful, lovely white sand beaches. And how are we? Can I, can how I, are we strategically important? That I'm getting to. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna building. break it. I'm gonna break it into hockey terms. Okay, there's original it. six. You guys are expansion. You guys are the St. Louis Blues. You guys are the Shark Flyers. Yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm you closer to the first expansion. No, you We need to take a slight step backwards. What is hockey? It's a sport that they play on ice with sticks. Only in the fabled Canada. I thought that was lacrosse via the Indians. No, they made that game up. Sorry, nobody plays that. My bad. Team Wolf. <laughs> I'm gonna leave you guys too. I just want to say congratulations. I thought that was oh, awesome. Thank you. Thanks I looked, I was listening to the show downstairs, and then I was like, "Where are they?" And I looked at the list. I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome." I'd like to apologize because earlier today I was wearing your robe around the house. Okay, put it back on when I go dump the show. It felt lived in. I appreciate that. I have fun, guys. Thanks for dropping in. He's now flying away in his plane. Yes, it's a private jet. Well, big thanks to Kevin. And yes, Malta. That's what I was thinking. Beautiful cocktails on Malta. Come check us out. <laughs> That's it. Get all your tranny car bombs. At, we have Malta. tranny car bombs at Malta. Nooner, the Malta of Smodcast. <laughs> I think that's a good, uh, that's a good start. I had a terrible morning. 
Do tell. Do tell. Here's here, what I want to preface I, this Actually, is. I think James had a terrible morning. <laughs> James, no, James is having a terrible morning. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't um, ended yet. But uh, the, and, and this is, the reason it was terrible is because every second that was happening of these two things, I realized that I was trapped in a bad stand-up comedy routine from the 90s. So I recognize, as I'm saying these stories, this is going, no doubt, stand-up comedians all around have had the same problem and talked about it. But it really happened. Not that it's that big a deal, but I'm just, I'm effing aggravated right now, and I'm trying to come down. Can you start? with don't you hate it when yeah, don't what's this crazy thing about faxes um, so, <laughs> so, um, so uh no it's so this is not really gonna be funny i just have to get this off my chest it's like i i'm driving down the road it's mcdonald's it's 10 26 i see it i start craving a sausage biscuit and i know they have the hard 10 30 thing where they stop serving breakfast and i go in there's one truck at the drive-thru i pull in i figure out, i've got four minutes the guy's finishing ordering and then he goes into this whole thing where he's asking her like well what do you think is the mcmuffin better uh. than the and i'm like you know fucker there's no sommeliers <laughs> at mcdonald's and he went to 10 30 i pull up 10 31 boom they will not sell me the sausage mcmuffin uh. or i actually want a sausage biscuit now again i realize i'm sure that has been done by comedians but it was so ma- so i had to have a double cheeseburger <laughs> And myself and my GI tract are extremely upset about it right now. Well, see, I thought they had a video camera and they're like, no, you don't get a sausage biscuit. Yeah, well, it was, it was bad. And then I go to Bed Bath and Beyond, more comedian excitement. I go in <laughs> to get a, a new shower lining, just a simple item. I leave with 12 items. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I need a back scrubber. I should get some eye shades. Look, a salt and pepper shaker. But what wh- the F? Why does that make you angry? Because I know that they're doing it to me. I know I have one item. It's on my list. One in, in, out, in, out, did any, in, out. Did anything you buy say, as seen on TV? <laughs> Everything. Everything <laughs> yeah. I bought a set of knives. I went <laughs> insane. So those two things happen. And then the last thing, and there's not like a great, it's not like this is a button, but is that, and, and, and it is the least profound thing to talk about in the free world is traffic in LA. And it wasn't the traffic, it was that it was, do, do, and I'll look to you, James and Marty. It, it was dumbass driver day. Now, one of those days where it seems like every dumb motherfucker is making a dumb driver. This move. is the worst. Sorry to curse. 90s. Uh, I know, I, know, I said ever. it was like a 90s <laughs> no jokes. And, 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 and no setup. There's no punchline. I didn't mean, if I have to get these things off my chest. So I had an issue with McDonald's, an issue with Bed Bath Island, and an issue with dumb driving. That was my morning. Now I'm here in the cool, Manure scented breeze of the Smodcast <laughs> Studios. <laughs> Apparently, the dogs have been having yes. an issue outside. Um, soon, you know what? I haven't pimped this out. Very soon, coming into the studios <laughs> is going to be super soon. Really soon is going to be our very special guest today, Max Greenfield. If he's not a household name yet, and he is in mine, my household of one, but he will be soon enough, and we'll tell you why and more. When Max finally gets his ass here to the studio, at when some you point, see him shirtless, oh, I don't know, you will minutes. never want not want him on your TV. Max, screen. my those abs, Greenfield. That's yes. who's coming up. But we did get some nice Twitter feedback. People are very much looking forward to talking to you. Especially when, when we one say people, woman, the lady, the lady, and some special men, <laughs> um, <laughs> some Greek fans. So, and and we will be at that point opening of the phone lines, uh, which will be eight five five nine three seven seven four seven seven. But Marty, how was your morning? It was great. No, yeah, awesome, great story. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, I, I do want to thank. Uh, let's play because Brad Stark. Who, wait, wait. Can I just? Uh, do you really have a morning thing? Well, yeah. Why? Well, oh, you said it was great. Okay, well, great. No, yeah, I, I, I had this audition for. Um, they were looking for a heavy Ken Jong. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Then surely you landed it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was just like 
is it good if I land it? I mean, here's what's worse. Did you go into the hallway and there were 40 heavy Ken Jongs <laughs> in the hallway? Wait, just All funnier that. and heavier than me. Ugh. God, the second, the latter being okay, the first former being awful. Well, I right. hope you get, I really hope you get this job. That isn't quite the chorus line lyric. No. I've embarrassed myself. Don't worry when Max Greenfield <laughs> I lose either. We talk a lot about football. So if the show tunes have just turned you off, we're going to bring you back in with the fantasy football later on. Or conversely, lose you with the fantasy football later. Um, I wanted to talk about our theme song mm-hmm. written by Brad Stark, this great genius fellow up in SF that uh, we went to college with. And he was a legendary DJ on KUSF, which was like, I don't totally understand, but USF like booted them off their bandwidth and, and would total, you know, not following the desires of the community. So now KUSF, this brilliant, he was a station director. Oh, was he? Oh yeah. See now they're in exile. So if you're up in SF, you know, work with these guys to help them out, to get them out of exile. I think they're having a benefit next week. like garage, a go, go. I'm, I'm, but anyway, so Brad in this fit of manic and wonderful creativity wrote up to seven theme songs, ragtime being the, the most brilliant of the bunch. But every so often we're going to play one of the other ones. Today, let's play, I think we should play the house music one. All right. right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's give that a whirl. This would, this would have been the theme song had we gone with the first thing he sent us. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Nooner. 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 It's Let's do a Nooner. No, that has merit. That has merit. It did sound a little like, you know, end of night at a sad gay bar. Which, by the way, <laughs> could speak somewhat to the show. It, it does get to the point, though. It does get to the point. And also, I thought Brad gave, like, let's do a... Anybody out there who's contemplating having a nooner right now, I'd greatly appreciate it if you use that as your come on to your partner, <laughs> whoever he or she may be. Let's do a nooner. Maybe we can get Max to sing that whenever he, whenever he finally arrives in the studio. <laughs> um, so, um, but we, he did a country, uh, country yes. nooner, a, a Springsteen well, nooner. We'll get to them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, them. we'll get to all of them over the time. But many thanks to Brad Stark because a lot of you, um, on, as you called it, on the Twittersphere, have commented on on the uh, the ragtime nooner theme, which we love. Actually, it turns out Twittersphere is in the OED. Oh, the Oxford uh, English Dictionary. Yeah, hmm. I didn't. I didn't know. I, my acronyming was off. After Merp, I'm done acronyming. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know? I recalled last night uh, Johnny Enbaum, who someday we're going to get down here. Mm-hmm. And it, the, Johnny Enbaum. The, the the nickname that he gave me. As I was thinking about Merp. When uh, I was being wishy-washy about a, a something he wanted me to take a stand on, and he he, I was being obsequious in a sense, and so he said my my Shakespearean character would be obsequioso. So so other than Mer- that would be your Harry. Potter. I am obsequioso. That would be your Harry Potter spell. <laughs> no, <laughs> you want someone to kick your ass name and my spell. Kiss your ass. Thing. Onomatopoetic. Right. Yeah. So anyway, feel free to not ever call me that. I'm regretting already that I brought it up. <laughs> Tell us more about your great morning, Marty. Uh, well, the other day I, I saw Beginners. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Good flick. Yeah, it was really good. It, I thought it would yeah. be gayer, but it wasn't. It was much more uh, straight romantic. So does that feed into you giving it a thumbs up? It wasn't wasn't as gay as I thought. Thumbs up. Exactly. <laughs> I think that you said something waggish uh, that it had both rom and com in its rom com, and yet yes. it wasn't a rom com. Ex- no, yeah, lost I mean, me. Would you call, quali- would you qualify that as a romantic no? I'd comedy? call it a rom drom. A romantic drama. But it was funny, though. rom drum com. <laughs> sounds a like rom a, a province in India. Uh, but um, I thought it was very, yeah, romantic. But there there wasn't any real sex scenes, you know? And, yeah, which was okay. I mean, no, no, no. But, I, but, I, but it makes, I mean, no offense to senior sexuality. I'll be there someday. I didn't want to see Christopher Plummer. No, you know, I guess uh, the give, greater point is... or getting head. You don't see sex scenes in movies anymore, really. But what? 
That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You don't see sex scenes in movies anymore? Well, like, like think about like teen movies. Like I saw Zapped, you know, it was like streaming online. And, and there's like a... Brent, we just a, lost one third of our audience <laughs> in that one moment. <laughs> but Scott Baio is like, imagine I, I think we must say the name Adrian Zmed or we haven't done ourselves oh, justice. Yeah. <gasps> Max Greenfield kind of looks like Adrian Zmed. I just thought of that completely unprompted by nothing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, you know what? But uh, yeah. don't you think that's weird? What? Well, you the, the, I, I disagree. I think there's plenty well, of sex yeah, in movies. Like, Zach and Miri makes a porno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that had to be there. Brokeback Mountain. Th- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Thank yeah. you. But in terms of like you know, ero- think of all the erotic thrillers from the eighties. You, know? you mean like uh, I was about to, I was about to go Stone. But that was the. Sh- but I was thinking Sharon Stone. But that wasn't it. What was? What was the no, fatal imbalance? Fail, fail. <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, yeah. What basic was the instinct. basic instinct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, so you're saying there's not steamy sex scenes right. in and, mainstream But see, here's film. my theory, though, is okay. because that anybody who wants to can just like go on the internet and two seconds see like a steamy sex scene. That, right, like two girls and a cop. <laughs> It's not like a steaming pile of sex scene. Really steaming, steaming pile yeah. of sex scene. Um, <laughs> and so that, yeah. like, there's, like, filmmakers cannot, <laughs> you know, compete you, with that. You frazzled me on this one because I'm sure I should be able to come up with some senior sex scenes, but we haven't well, maybe seen Maybe like, when Max Greenfield comes, he can, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he'll have one in the next right, 10 right. minutes whenever he bothers to show up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Teehee, you know, this is one long bad inside I joke. Know, he's just sitting. Because Max Greenfield was right polite enough us. to arrive early to yeah. make us untense and is, been here uh, uh, taking our our gentle barbs, our gentle barbs before coming. <laughs> and, but see, he knows the deal because he and he'll tell us more about this because frankly, I wasn't aware of it. But he, he he's been a radio personality of sorts himself over the last year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that actually sounded like an emo rock band. Gentle barbs, <laughs> gentle barbs, gentle barbs, karma rocket. <laughs> yes, Max will tell us about his band, Karma Rocket. I hope that's doing well for him. Released their first single last multi-talented. month. Multi-talented. Yeah, multi-talented. Um, all right. Well, with no further ado, uh, by the way, we are going to open the phone lines. Uh, and, 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 j- and since Max can hear me right now, Max, do not fret if nobody calls because often nobody does. So it's not you. Uh, 855-YES-SIRS, 855-YES-SIRS. Let's welcome our guest. Max Greenfield. Max, he, he ran come on downstairs. Into the studio, yeah, Max. he ran downstairs, <laughs> rang the bell, and ran all the way back up. <laughs> it's going to be nice to be uh, <laughs> sitting outside, and then I came in, and I was listening to everything. You got here in the a lickety split, right all in the, the nick of time. Bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can't wait to get in there so I can fire back. Well, you got, but now everything's teed up. Now you could just talk for that. We've teed you up with yeah, all these different right. things, and that's it. We don't. I should introduce you a little bit. For those who don't know, uh, Max and I's, uh, make it good. Make it sound like I'm, like I'm better than I am. Okay. Okay. Shit, man. That's going to be, give me a moment. Okay. All right. I think, I think I got something. All right. Um, Max and I, Max and I's, I'm going to say friendship. I, I'm going to upgrade from acquaintanceship to friendship. I like it. Comrade, uh, for the sake of internet radio, for the sake of internet radio, comrade Max and I met back on Veronica Mars when he played Deputy Leo and played it very swaggeringly and delightfully. But he's been an actor at such things as Ugly Betty and Greek, a lot of other TV shows and, and we're going to get to an elephant in the room in just a moment with this. All right. So be prepared. Damn it. Is he will be in The New Girl, this new uh, half hour uh, single camera comedy on Fox premiering this fall. Zoe Deschanel's in it. Jake has directed and we'll let you talk about it. But here's what I want to say. Bone to pick with you. Let's go. As you know, Rob Thomas created a show called Little Uncommon. It was executing produce, executive produce with him. We had a pilot, a single camera, half hour for Fox. You took our false lot. 
congratulations and fuck you very much. That's all I have to say. But it's so <laughs> much funnier and better. It, it, Marty, you as I live it. Well, so but anyway, yes. Had you gotten the slot, yeah. Who's to say that you could have been available to do a podcast? That that is a great great point. It doesn't make me feel much better. See, you don't look at the bright side of things. <laughs> you think I'm a half empty guy? Yeah, you see no positivity in everything. <laughs> but oddly enough, you know, I didn't know Marty. We've never met. Uh, I don't think so. I think I, I might have seen you on the Veronica Mars set. But no, I yeah, think. I know. See, this is interesting. Yeah, but Max I doesn't like, talk I don't to other actors on the set. No, no, no. I couldn't look at him in the eye. The AD was just like, get away from him. Well, I might. You might have talked to me, but I would. You probably would have said like, hey, Deputy Leo, because I don't. I don't go by. But here's the So I was like, okay, I don't know Marty. Like, let me. Like, let's do some. And I saw your acting reel this morning. Oh. On on the YouTube. Right. Right. And then I saw his work on Veronica Mars. And then the dots were connected. And let's connect some more dots. Bring there it. was the mistaken "Is he gay?" scene. Right. Yes. Written by Diane Ruggiero. Yes. Okay, that's good to know because I was thinking: Is this an M bomb scene? <laughs> yeah, is, this a, is this a Clomer? It's, because it goes yes. from it goes from like, am I gay or am I just Asian? Because like the whole, am yes. I just you know? And that uh, and that's been Marty. And well dressed, <laughs> right, right. Well, I appreciate. <laughs> that I paid you, attention to the scene, man. I, pr- I appreciate that you did the research too. Yeah. And I, by the way, the whole gay or Asian thing in Mar- has plagued Marty since college, but, where we we went to college with John Enbaum, filling you and the viewers in. And one but of I swoop don't. There. But I dress like a slob, though. So it's, no, that's true. You do. Yeah. And you're not as overweight as those other guys trying out for the Kim Jong role. <laughs> Just a little compliment for me. All right, thanks. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't fishing. By uh, the way. Yeah, but we 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 we're retooling little in common this summer, and maybe and have a good shot at midseason. We're feeling good. So good luck with your show in the fall the pilot was great i saw it just great thank you very That's my much my legitimate compliment i appreciate it yeah Dan. thank god adam scott wasn't available <laughs> he canceled yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm, tr- I'm sure i'm filling in for adam scott <laughs> by the way let's talk about this right because okay, i, yeah, I bring it. For, okay yeah. here's the thing okay yeah i went to the first screening of party down when it was like a total like kind of a di- kind of a different show yeah yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah. it was a screening yeah. in the endeavor screening room oh really yeah and i remember Making a strong pitch at the time, I said, "Listen, oh, man, if I know Adam, <laughs> if Adam can't do it, now, first of all, let me just say this: I think Adam's probably just about one of the most talented guys in the business, <laughs> a far better actor than I. But I, I would, I, I, I would be pleased to be a poor man's Adam Scott. Now, but let me just say <laughs> okay, this: I'm so I say, I say to Dan, I go, listen, man, if he's not available, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go in, right. and there was potential because." He was doing that show on HBO. Yes, right. Where right. he, where he was, you tell, know, tell me you love me or yeah. something like that, where he gets naked a lot. Yeah, but yeah, here yeah. was the thing, like, because I remember, and it just had aired, and I was thinking about this all morning. Yeah, the scene where he has to blow the load on his chest or on his stomach. Uh, oh, and tell me you love me. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yes. Rem- not oh. a party down. I remember it because it was so, uh, yes. Yeah. Here's my question much. to you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's have a hypothetical. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm an good. actor. Okay. You're a producer. Yes. I come into you. you right. Know, it's episode four. Like, okay. Hey, Dan, you know, uh, I got, I got, I got the script last night. Right. And I'm excited about the table read. Really excited about the show. You know, I think we're doing some really positive work here. I think everything's going really well. I have a real quick question about the one scene. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> the one where, <laughs> I don't know, the one where my wife is, uh, 
I don't know what the woman my wife is jerking me off, and I have to, and it says like I blow a load on my stomach. Yes. Do we want to shoot that? Like, is that going to be an implied thing? <laughs> and you're like, no, I, you know, I, actually, I spoke to the director. They want to do it in a tight two, and you know, so you can actually see it all go down. Sure. Yes. Okay. That's you know what? That's kind of that's that's kind of br- okay. So how um. All right, wow. Yeah. All right. So this is good. How do we? I'm not understanding. Oh, we got you. A, we, like, where do it's, you go? It's like, it's like uh, yeah, no, no, it's, don't worry. It's going to be a raking two right across your cock and balls in the foreground right, right. up to your wife. Yeah. So it won't be a problem. Uh, we're glad to have you on board. We got you. We got you a fluffer. Because yeah. when you think like, you know, you sign those HBO contracts and it's like, hey, you know, yes. like full frontal. You're like, yes. oh, okay. Like, uh, I'm sure maybe like, you know, you do like the, the Kevin Bacon cucumber shot where he walks out of the, uh, oh, I don't know that. At, and Ooh, wild things. Wild things at the very end. Oh, the shower. Shower. oh my God. And it's just yes. there for no reason. It's just like, hey, there's Kevin Bacon's dick. You know, it's, he's a ballsy actor. I mean, literally. It's like, there yeah. it is. All right. There's Kevin Bacon. He's just for no reason. Bring it. Bring it. Wow. He's like, really this is doing it. It's, that's his real cock. Yeah. But I, this is like a much different situation. And you know, we, they must have been because I have, as a producer, I have many times had to literally go through those contracts where you you negotiate like we can show one quarter of a nipple or or like the upper oh, they're very third specific. of a buttock it can get that specific but i'm sure on that show and we'll ask adam when he when he does the show that he canceled today that uh <laughs> actually he, he might come in later he might, um, if you, later today adam, so we might there you to, are oh go oh, come, come in max, 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 max just so great having adam. you here it was it was really fun because when you were actually doing that I was going yeah okay he's probably <laughs> um, so yeah but I, th- I bet on the hbo i bet on that show they probably just had a blanket anything goes babies. yeah totally and anything when you're a guy, you're thinking, I mean, how far is it going to go? And then you read that, and you go, Yeah, I'm. And I'm. Look, I'm a pretty laid back guy. You yeah. know, I'm married. I got a kid. I, I yeah. don't. I don't care. I knew you just depending because you care. knew at some point I was going to say, Why have you kissed more men on television than any <laughs> other actor I know? Well, you know what, man? I'm you, ready to go there. You, I'm ready to represent. For, <laughs> All right, for let's 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 go there. In, in yeah, well, you knew I mean, how could I not go there? Because I because you turn in terrific performance after terrific performance, and yes, you have titillated the gay community with your straight guy as very convincing gay dude. That's portrayals. what I, that's what I do, man. Yeah, yeah we like I do. it. How, how do you research that? Um, here, you might. This is this is a good story. Okay. All right. So I, I I was on the show Greek. Yes, Sean Smith, pal, great guy. Yeah, great show. Um, really like Sean. Really like a lot of the writers over there. Um, and they had asked me to come on and, and play this gay character, and I was like, great. You know what? I love it. Sounds great. Like I think you guys will treat it really well. Let's do it. Right. So we do it, and I find out that I'm going to have the first gay kiss on on ABC, ABC Family. Family. Yeah. And which is a big deal for a, a yeah, network was, that literally has family in the name. Yeah, it was it was yeah. kind of cool, and I felt pretty good about yeah. it. And I was like, you know, let's let's do it. It, it it'll be good. So shortly thereafter, it aired. Mm-hmm. I can remember going into a certain, and I've told you this story. Before, <laughs> but I can remember going. That's why in, I'm smiling already. Yeah, I can remember going into uh, a casting director's office, and the casting director was a gay man who I know for quite a while. Who has never really hired me in anything, <laughs> but fuck him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I walk into his office, and uh, here's the thing. I know for a fact that had Jake Gyllenhaal walked in after Blo- Brokeback Mountain, he would have been like, can we just have a 45-minute discussion on how I cried and wept in my bed alone and how you've made my life worthwhile after that performance and how gutty... And beautiful and amazing you are as a thespian 
and a creative mind in this industry, <laughs> and they would have, you know, hold, held hands and cried for a while, yes. and it would have been great. I walk into this guy's office to audition for something, and he, and, and he goes, saw Greek. Boy kiss. <laughs> and thus we have the new name for our show. <laughs> my point being is like, you know, what's the difference between some, you know, Ang Lee movie where we do some sprawling shots? Yeah, Rolling Hills, that's the yeah, difference. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or shooting in the valley. But it's a panoramic count? I don't get it. <laughs> that's so great. Boy kiss. Yeah, boy kiss. I'm like, really, man? Was he trying to throw you off his stride or was it just... It, it, was, it was a way of needling you, I Let think. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I crushed that audition. Did after you? That, after that. And did you land it? No. <laughs> was that good crushing? That wasn't that crushing. You know where you filmed that, that um, Funny or Die CSI baby? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that that guy's office? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, would he say it now at this point? Right. Or, I mean, well, yes. No. Probably still but you don't mention it. That was, that was no, Brett Greenstein's, right? Yes, that yeah, was. He didn't. That's the office, not the one. Oh, he's a great casting director. Yeah, well, he's casting... John Cho. Oh, brilliant. Free agents. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right on. Bring it all back together. Yeah, it's all, yeah, we used to work at Propaganda together. together. That's well, great. Tell us more about you and Brett Greenston. Okay. Uh, well, now nah, let's talk to Max. <laughs> no, I'm... You're <laughs> <laughs> such a fucking asshole. Uh, well, I Okay, mean, no, so maybe. Propaganda was run by Steve Golan. Right. Whose brother, crazy brother Larry, directed <laughs> you in um, I'm Cross Bronx. Yes. Across. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how'd, how'd that come about? Here, get right in that mic there. This was this was a long time ago. We did a pilot for MTV. Um, there was a scripted pilot. It was a bunch of young kids from like 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 New York transplants in LA. Had, got the chance to audition for it because it was about young kids from New York. And uh, MTV was going to do a scripted show. We did kind of a pilot presentation for it. Right. Then they kept us on hold for like six to eight months and then picked up the Osbournes. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's the, and defined, the rest is history. Defined television. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the precipice right there. And then they decided that they were going to take the script back and write it out as a feature and, and go do it as a, as a movie. We went to New York and, and, uh, Jerry Ferrara from Entourage was in Right, it. right. He's been a um, long time pal, right? You and he, yeah, yeah. Oh, do a lot of fantasy football. Oh, yeah, he's in the... Yes, we do a lot of fantasy football work, yes. In, in the, uh, <laughs> I know, in the as, as a fantasy football is dying to get into fantasy football. Oh, you, because I love fantasy football. You know it. I did already talk about it in my, my team. The, the, the faggots won the Super Bowl a couple years running in our couple league. Years, a couple years ago, yeah. A, a couple years running. A couple years running, Max. I had a tough last two years. True. But I'm coming back. And Max, yeah. what's your team name? Uh, it it varies. It I think it's the Shiva Team All Stars. Right, at, that's what at I this last point. Um, well, it was Team Jackass for a while, nice. and then it was it was Codeine Syrup for a minute in one league. Because <laughs> I'm I'm changing mine because I was saying that I I no longer feel the need to sort of take back the word faggot by using it. Now I feel like that feels like a little date. We're in post gay now. So I'm gonna. Ch- but I feel I'm like sh- it's you know. I mean, y- y- it's done. So I'm gonna change it to the seething eugenicists. What do you think? What, you know what you should. What, what was the what was the nickname uh, M Bomb gave you? The oh, obsequioso. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you it, go. It's like the Utah Jazz, the obsequioso. I think that's it, a, we don't know if it's a plural. Or I think a, that's a good one. That's a laugh out loud the, one. It's, 
Is I, like, know. I think that was the first laugh out loud I'll ever get, the one I just admitted. <laughs> you're in a bar and you're all sitting around. And you're like, oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm into fantasy football. You know what the team? You know what the name of my team is? Obsequioso. <laughs> and everybody goes, oh my god, Gales, no. laughter, <laughs> crickets and frogs. <laughs> they love that in Scranton. That was the team name. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change it though. I Some think guy turns around with a Steeler uniform on and goes, that's my team name too. Do you, would you know? And this is completely tangential. Has nothing to do with you. But Shoot. one, one good. Uh, uh, there was a it, back in December a couple years ago. Name drop. I was having dinner with pal Paul Rudd. This and is a great, he, yeah. Okay. I was gonna. He was in up. town, and it was like a twelve person dinner in L.A. And we were catching up. And he is a diehard Kansas City fan. Well, he's How, from die Kansas. Hard. Yeah, come from. So diehard, diehard fan. And they had just dropped that game where they blew it to Indianapolis. It was like the last thing before going to. The, you know what I mean? It was one of the late playoff games, and they blew it. Mm. And they everybody thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. And so I knew Paul would think. So I got just drunk enough that right in the middle of the dinner. I just across the table because he's a few seats down and over. I just unleashed this, I mean, incredibly vulgar one minute diatribe about how bad the Kansas City team sucked. I mean, using really awful words, awful words and going on defense. And two seats down from me, this guy kicks back to Sewell, stands up six foot five and goes, uh, I play defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I have never actually flop sweated. <laughs> I did have the presence of mind to turn and look and go, good hustle. <laughs> but, the, but I mean, like, I would think I'm in LA a week after the game. Why would I be sitting at dinner with a Kansas City Chief? And why on the day I decide to unleash on their defense, am I actually dining with somebody who's That's on the defense? You know why? Why? Because you're obsequioso. <laughs> well, I think, Meanwhile, you know, Rudd did that, uh, the narration for the Kansas City Chief Hard Knocks. Right. And let me just tell you this. Yeah. Great job. Great job, Paul Rudd, if you're listening, which you're not. Did a really nice job on that. <laughs> well, so, but I tell you, you know, we did, so we did this fantasy yeah. football show for DirecTV. It was for Yahoo originally. Was this called, uh, uh, the Gentleman's, Gentleman's League. League? Right. Yeah. So I do like a lot of the player moments where I'll go and I'll, I'll fly out, I'll visit some player. You go in the hyperbaric. Chamber. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like got into Maurice Jones Drew's hyperbolic chamber. Sweet. Uh, the, so, there's no real plan for these things, but you find yourself next to some NFL player who's six, who's inevitably six five, and I'm you know a five nine Jewish guy, and I'm just like, all right, let's make this happen, let's make some comedy, and you kind of got to get into these improv situations, and it, it, I swear I've learned more from that than anything else, but you get the uh, some Good of training. the best stories. Ever. Like, we went to Brandon Marshall's house once. Oh, yeah. And you pull up. Was it, was it with the Broncos? He was with the Broncos yeah, at yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So we go to Denver. He lives in, like, he lived in, like, this remote part of of Colorado where, like, I guess Elway and a couple other guys live where there's just, like, a house on top of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and they just and you carry logs around. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And you drive up to it and you go, you can, like, you can, like, yell from the driveway and hear echoes and stuff. It's really, it was kind of <laughs> scary. And you're always, you're kind of like... Is this guy going to be a bully? And you have like this weird feeling of is Says he going to five nine Jew? Yeah, like is he going to be mean to me? Like is this high school all over again? It never. It literally. Is he going to whip you with a towel? I, yeah, like I, I will tell you. Like we, I've done it with maybe, I don't know, in the in the teens somewhere. Right. Every time I go to their house, I have the same feeling, and they've all been great. But right, it's always right, like right. I wonder if like. Are they going to be mean to me? Well, I've only met one, that Kansas City Chief, and he, after he cooled down for a moment, did not kill me. Yeah. So he was pretty cool. After literally being called 
some really bad shit so right to his face. <laughs> we show up at Marshall's house. Oh, yeah. And we pull up, and I realize there's no house. There's no nothing in sight except for, you know, Brandon's house, of course. And all of a sudden, these two pit bulls <laughs> rush the car. And I'm saying to myself, I'm on a time schedule here. I have a plane to catch because we'll literally we'll fly out in the morning and fly back at night. And we had 20 minutes with him. And I'm thinking, I can't get out of the car. Well, at I'm that point, didn't you go like, grab the camera, roll camera, roll camera. Of the dogs trying to kill us? I mean, that might be interesting. It could have been some comedy. But you would have seen a grown man cry. And like, my wife was pregnant at the time. And I get out of the car and I'm walking so slowly and they're circling me to the point where, I mean, they're slobbering on my legs and stuff. And I stopped at one moment, like, like stiff with fear. And I just thought to myself, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I have a child on the way, and I'm going to okay. die in Colorado. <laughs> and my my wife is going to be like, well, you know, your father passed away. <laughs> in a luxury subdivision. <laughs> he was killed by two pit bulls, by Brandon Marshall's two pit bulls. 300 miles from civilization. Yeah, in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> and, but he was, you, you know, know what? what? If only it had been Michael Vicks, I think you'd had a story. But he died for his work. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. He died in the... Oh, my God, Marty, you points out that we have a call. We've had a couple. We've had a couple. Yeah, you and know what? I appreciate I, I'm patience. glad you didn't die, Max. So Just want to say that. Meanwhile, to, to, end this, to end this story, oh. Brandon Marshall opens the door and goes, Juco, sushi, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, takes one by the... By the collar and like kind of puts it down and was like, they're real friendly. Come on in. <laughs> so you've been quivering in the car. For I was like, <laughs> hey man, is it cool? do, you have a, do you have like a pair of shorts or something? Because I can shit myself. <laughs> the kid in uh, Cujo just sitting in the car like, oh my God. Oh, Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take this call. Uh, this is exciting. Oh my God, we have two calls. All, All right, right, hang on, callers. Just up. This is so exciting. Here we go. I'm going to figure this out. And drop. No, wait. And okay, uh, caller, you're on the air. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Um, my name is Amy Griffin. Amy, great. Where, Where are, are you calling you? from, Amy? Sounds like a bad car connection. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there we are. Okay. Is it better? Yeah, yeah. I think we can hear you. Why don't you? What, what's your question? Um, I want to know what um, Ralph Garman's um, <laughs> favorite cake flavor is. Do you like chocolate or vanilla? That's well, that's a really. Wonderful question. Jamie, James James are probably good about that. James, I, you know, um, uh, I think it's actually uh, Jack Daniels would be the. Uh, really? All right. He's a Jack and Coke kind of guy. He's a Jack and Coke. We have no idea what his favorite yeah, cake. Actually, I'll ask him tonight. Actually, yeah, if, are you in the uh, Los Angeles area? You could actually come up and ask him yourself. Yes. No. I, well, yeah. Well, I'm planning on coming up and giving him That's one with lines with cocaine and jazz on it. Oh, ah. what was that? I heard cocaine and jazz. <laughs> That's well, they go together. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. good luck with All that. Right, yeah. All right. Thanks we'll for calling in. Yeah, yeah. We'll find out. You can watch Ugly Betty. That's okay. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's go to caller number two. Yeah. Am I still seven. asleep on the couch? What the? Fuck was that? <laughs> well, you know what? We all. What part of Nooner is really just to give out trivia about other people's podcasts? Yes, yes, right. right. So we're happy to do that. Caller, you are on the air. Where are you calling from? What's your name? Uh, John from Benton Delectable. Oh, sweet. You know what? I have been to Bentonville. I have been to Bentonville, been really? to North Little Rock. We shot a movie in North Little Rock. That's enough excitement about me. What's your question? <laughs> we also have the uh, Arkansas Film Festival there, Little Rock Film Festival. Oh, yeah? 
We shot a movie called Come Early Morning there. Uh, uh, Joy Lauren Adams wrote and uh, directed it uh, with Ashley Judd. So we were hanging out there for a while. Uh, Anyway, hopefully you have a question that's sort of about this show or this guest. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're really willing to answer anything. We will answer If you've got a question about what's going on with the debt. Medical issues. Yep, um, anything. So, okay. Uh, Well, first, I just kind of wanted to say that I've just enjoyed the show so far. I kind of didn't know you guys until I actually picked you up on the week that Kevin and Jay were off, so I've enjoyed that. Oh, thanks, um, man. And I see here somebody that's in, you know, the Hollywood industry from Virginia. I'm from Williamsburg, Virginia. Oh, originally. my God. Awesome. My parents went to William and Mary. I know it. So well, I have, and this is not a sexual euphemism. Don't be worried. I have dipped so many candles in colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're from there, you know what I'm talking about. They got the old timey. We're, yeah. we're colonial people and you drink you know, pewter mugs of faux mead. And they have colonial gay bars. Mm. <laughs> we'll call oh, it. Yes. Rainbows yeah. Rainbows yeah, exactly. The white swallow. All right. So, um, Sequioso <laughs> is back. <laughs> well, no, really, yeah. Sequius is when I'm being, uh, overly generously nice. Here, Let's not pretend being... that I know what that actually means. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just I'm, like how it's I'm calling, you, I'm calling you out. Sounding let's, let's, not, let's be real clear. I'm not <laughs> pretending like, hey, guess what? I got a really big vocabulary. <laughs> let's, let's take that out. Of, I mean, that's not happening. Okay, so let's, but what I'm saying is table. it sounds really good. <laughs> so and it's such a great, great fantasy football team name. <laughs> That I just like to say it out loud every time I see you for the rest of my life now. <laughs> Please do. N-bomb does. So, um, okay. We, we, that, thank you for that. Do you have a question? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of late to the whole party down show. Oh, um, yeah. Is that on DP or? Better late than never. Yeah. In fact, we, and this is genuine, we have more people watching us streaming on Netflix, uh, than actually watch the show. Uh, when it was on the air, it's kind of, it, it sort of, which was great. Really, it, it'd been cool if that had happened maybe during season two, so we'd gotten to season three, but <laughs> didn't, canceled. Um, so yeah, you could, it streams on Netflix, and I think season one is available for rent on Netflix. Season two, for some reason, DVD, you can't rent on Netflix, but you can find it in and around Amazon and all that sort of thing. Are there outtakes on the DVDs? Uh, there is a brilliant, I mean, just brilliant commentary on the season one DVD that I did. <laughs> this is Dan Etheridge's party down, by the way. Um, see, for you, so, um, with Adam Scott and John Embum. Um, but there is one on season two DVD. Um, so there aren't really, uh, there might be Are like you on the season two DVD. There's nothing on the season. They, oh, they, oh, they so canceled the show. They're like, boom. And I think they're regretting it now because I don't think they realized that. I know a lot of shows say, oh, we had a nice life after. We actually are having a five times bigger life with Netflix streaming than the show ever did on the air. So they're probably wishing they'd done more. Thanks, stars. Thanks. Well, really, Chris Albrecht. But he had his reasons, so I'm not going to bust on him now. I will bust on him once we go off the air because Obsequioso <laughs> wants to keep working in this town. Maybe it's stars someday. So like, so I listen to your podcast. <laughs> Chris Albrecht calling. Like the yeah. phone lines light up. <laughs> that would literally be the unlikeliest thing that occurred this year. Um, so you, I, I think maybe, I, I don't know if that was just a statement and you had a question. Did I cut you off? Yeah, no, that was it. I just wanted to oh, find out uh, where I could access it. So I just appreciate it. And like I said, you guys do a great show and uh, I look forward to it every Friday. We'll rock All on right, thanks uh, Benville. So thanks for the call, man. Thank talk you. to you later. I don't know why I said talk to you later. I mean, we might if he calls back in. It's not like I know him. I think, we'll I talk to you later. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you're, you're getting used to this whole That's just right. the format. You, you've, had, you've been used to the format. Tell me more about the experience you told me about yesterday on the phone, which I was ignorant of. You know, Jerry and I just we're, – we're, Ferrara we're, or O'Connell? Because I know both of you are like This is Ferrara. I think you might have misspoken said Jerry O'Connell on the phone yesterday. 
Or Charlie. Or you said you were talking Ferrara, and I heard. I O'Connor. probably said Ferrara. Uh, you probably were just like, just get there at twelve. You can pass that. <laughs> you were like, is he still talking? Jerry, I have to call Adam Scott and let him know that we're covering Paul Rudd first half. Believe it or not, actually, so you don't think? Believe it or not, I wrote down not on this piece of paper that I have holding my hand right now, but on a similar piece of paper, a list of names of people who are on, and your name was on that list. I listen to people for who? Uh, that we wanted on the show. Yes. Oh, that we wanted on the yeah. show. When, your name when was Adam is busy. Yeah. <laughs> no. When Adam and Paul are busy. And then I will admit somebody did drop out and it was in a crunch. So I looked at the list and we thought Max Greenfield. Oh, that is true. So what, what show number is this for you guys? Two. <laughs> you're, you're, you're making history. You're, you're you are making podcasting history. So you, you started off strong with Marty Starr. Debuted at at number four on the uh, comedy podcast number. What do you say? Twenty seven in the world. I don't know, but twenty um, fourth in the world. So there's there's people going to be hearing about Max Greenfield. This hey, week. listen. Yeah. Listen, I feel like one of those rappers who's like, "Hey, listen, I got a show dropping on uh, September 20th <laughs> <laughs> after Glee." I can't use that lingo. Fox, <laughs> Fox Network. Are you guys right after Glee? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that is the deep It'll sigh be, of discontent but see, but over see, here. Here's. Come on. No, I know. I Come love on. that you were having this success. You know that I root for you. What, what's so the, not really though? No, 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 no. You, that pilot kind of, was great. It deserved the pickup. I just hope that we can join the team in the mid-season. And what's the other what's the other half on that hour? Um, Raising Hope. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, show that was really pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty. It was dope. <laughs> <laughs> Dan <laughs> stays relevant. Now I'm going to go as Kevin Riley calls me in and goes, "I heard your podcast." <laughs> Chris Allback and I were listening. Chris Allback and I were listening to having a power lunch, and yeah. So, by the way, f you and you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> he, I actually, you know what? What limited interaction? I mean, good guy. You make good guy. Sense. What a genius this man is. <laughs> Vice subsequioso. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 No. Wait, now that's your first starring role in a in a. Yeah. Show? This is. I, I did a. I did a series a long time ago. I think in two, like 2006 um, for the WB uh, that was short lived, and then since then have tested for many shows. Uh, but like, how many steps in the process for? For uh, whatever chicks and dicks did you go through? Oh, chicks and dicks. Wait, is that? Is oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I went name. through, but it's the new girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, called the new girl. Now. Was uh, I was like, what show was that? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was our training. I car went bomb. in. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Call that. Yeah, this is this is a good acting story. Hey. I went in on a Wednesday. I auditioned, and uh, I, honestly, I just had like I felt like I had a really, really. Good audition. On tape or um, to producers? It was producers on tape, the whole thing. It was uh-huh. one of those times where you're like, whoa, that went su- surprisingly really, really well. Right. Um, and then that was on a Wednesday. Thursday, Zoe's deal closed. And then Friday, they had me and this other guy come in. We both were testing for another show. And they had us come in on Friday to chemistry read with Zoe. And the script was really interesting, and it was kind of one of those roles where you're like, someone's going to be either really great in this or totally embarrass themselves. <laughs> and Zoe and Deschanel. It, yeah, and you're like, you know, you, you offer roles out to people, and right. you don't know. Yeah. They, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? That's it's true. like it's it's a hit or miss. 
so I was really I, I felt pretty good about what I was doing. So I was really interested in in how she was gonna be in the room and how she was, what her take on the character was gonna be. And I was like, I'll get to see what this show is gonna be right now. So I went in, I read with her, and I think within th- I don't know the first like four or five lines, I go, Oh no, this show is gonna be a hit. And I'm not gonna get it. <laughs> and for the rest of like the and for the rest of the next two scenes, I was just like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> like I don't care. Why I'm, am I trying? Yeah, and then I'm like, like for the rest of I, me- I remember leaving there just so angry, and then the whole weekend being like, oh, "I guess we're testing on Monday." Great, <laughs> like more disappointment. And then uh, went in on Monday uh, for studio. Got past studio. Like, how many people are in the room at that point? Studio is like a good, probably, between the producers and everybody, there's probably like 20 people in there. No pressure. And then, what's nice at Fox is, is, or if it's Fox 4 Fox, they do, uh, you know, you you test at studio, then they put, if you make a pass, which, here's another horrible thing, but if you make a pass, then they put you on, uh, on tape. And then the tape goes goes to Rupert Murdoch and (laughs) sits in his throne. (laughs) But usually, but some, but, the downside of that is if you're not getting past studio, they come out and they go, Hey, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of know. And then you, and then you have to, and I've done, and believe me, I've been that guy before. Yeah. And then you get in the elevator and you're like, with some random person yeah. who works in the office and you're like, don't let them see you cry. <laughs> don't let them see you cry. It is such, if I jump in, it's such a tortured process, both for producers, cause I'm on the, I'm sitting down the other side and actors, because for, for people who don't know out there, you, when you make a TV show, you're usually serving two masters, the studio and the network. I mean, this may be a little bit one-on-one, but I'm sure a lot of folks who don't know that. The studio actually finances and makes the show. They hire everybody. But the network pays the studio a license fee and the and airs it on their network. So you've got two masters. both, And ultimately, the network I gets, gets the slight edge because if you don't have someone who wants to air it, then then why make it? So... And, and, and technically your studio is your partner, you know, as you go into network, but of course there's just a triangle. You, the producers, and the, and the showrunner, the studio and the network we have to work things out, agree on casting, all that. And the casting process is really, really traumatic, particularly in the hurly burly of a pilot season where every, it's 30 shows. The networks have very specific lists they have of who spe- they want. The, and they have specific ideas. There's 30 shows competing for a limited pool of extremely talented actors and they go at it. So you bring in people as producers. We find people that we identify that we think would be great in the role. We may have a preference for one, but hope maybe there's a couple because you have to take more than one in the studio. You can't go in and say, this is our person and then audition. You got to take in a couple people at least so that the studio can weigh in and have choices. Mm-hmm. And then some of those people survive studio, some don't. You may have to reorganize if they don't think you got it. And then you go over to network, whether in tape or in person and in front of like 20 people, right. the studio and the network, you do the thing over again. And you hope when you're there at network that they, that if you have a number one choice, they pick that choice. Or ideally, you've brought in two people, either of whom you think will be good in a role, maybe in different ways, and so you're feeling good no matter what they do. Or sometimes, Network unexpectedly says, we, we want you to go back to the drawing board. So it's a crazy process for producers, and we always feel so badly for the actors who are put through the most absurd, you know, as you're talking about, the, it's, it's very, it's, 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 not, it's not, it's not comic what you all have to go through. The, these rigorous auditions where you can get dropped out at any time. And the studio and network, Every role these days, yeah, these days they, every they, role yes, they yes. they have to sign off on because of the internet they they watch everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you you, you a kind of have to take a comic kind of approach to it. Yeah, that's true. Because if you don't, that's true. The the bad part is is knowing where you stand. Like if you're if you know 
that you're the producer's choice and they're, you're in one of those situations where there's somebody that they are like, okay, but we really want this guy and you know that. Yep. You're just like, ugh. I, like you want to make everybody happy. You want to be the guy. You want everybody to celebrate afterwards. Yep. And just Sometimes just it's just not the case. You yep. know what I mean? But ultimately I think you get to that level and no one's really bad. And it just comes down to so many different things and you just yes. kind of have to put that in your head. Because you wouldn't believe the conversations that go on. And actually like it would be easier to to, to satirize it and say people are – but but our experience – like these are all – it would be so much easier to take shots at Studio Network. That would be more fun and easier. But for the most part, these are all extremely hardworking, well-meaning people who, yes, have opinions we sometimes don't agree with, which can be frustrating. But yet like have – reasonable opinions they can defend so you get 20 of those people in a room and getting a, a consensus sometimes it just someone comes in and is just so perfectly magic that everybody goes yes no yeah no talk but other times there's various opinions and then you've got to start working the politics of it all so on this one when you tested and and did you still feel like nihilistic about it when you were in there like i mean which can be a, a sort of a free thing studio yes right because i was very nervous i i had I had auditioned the the year before at studio for another show, and uh, and had to take that horrible elevator ride. <laughs> and and to their uh, to their credit, I was not I was not good in the room. Right. Um, I kind of I kind of bombed that one. Well, it's good call, guys. <laughs> um, it's frightening though because it's like that's that's a five minute moment or you know fifteen it's, minute. It's moment. not so much about like, hey, am I going to get it or I'm am I not going to get it. It's more kind of one of those things that's like the process is, is weird. <clears throat> this is a very weird experience no matter what. Right. Am I going to let this situation get the better of me right, right. or am I going to go in and do the job that, that I feel like I know I can do and that I want to do? And if you do that, I think you kind of walk out of there no matter what feeling pretty good. Like you did your job. Yeah. And I think when I went to studio, I kind of, I was, <laughs> I was, I was pretty nervous and, and I think I, I had like gotten through it. Which I think for me was pretty good. Right, right, right. And then I walked out of there with like major trust issues. <laughs> so then, like, as they're all kind of dispersing and coming out of the room, I was like, I mean, is, is it cool? Am I, am, I, am I staying here? Do I get to stay and tape? I remember I ran into one of the producers in the bathroom and I was like taking a piss next to him and I was like, but I'm staying, right? And this was after like it was confirmed and he was like looking at me from the other urinal like, Dude, would you kind of <laughs> fucking fuck? actors like <laughs> stereotypes? Right. And you so badly don't want to be like the actor. Yeah, oh, you would. But, but guess what? <laughs> How can he you was not me. He was shooting out of my ears. And stuff. <laughs> 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 I'm not cool. Please, just that's. In, I tell you, and honestly, in a brief moment of sincerity, when I read on Deadline Hollywood Daily, and I think I either called or texted you right afterwards, but when I read that you had landed the role, knowing how many times you'd been through over the years testing process that you had landed the role like this great chill went up my spine the kind of that you don't get that often when like yes a good guy has won it was a great this show better succeed (laughs) it was really nice and honestly like even it's been because most i mean most of my resume i'd say 50 percent of it legitimately consists of shows that i've tested for didn't get and the producers have called me back and gone hey man (laughs) <laughs> Want to come play gay on Greek? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I mean, totally. And then you show up and you're like, I'm not really quite sure what I'm doing here, but uh, this is fun. You want a paycheck? And uh, and just for, for it to have worked out on this one yeah. and 
but I mean, with the writing, which is phenomenal, Liz Merriweather wrote the script and, and right. uh, directing was and great. Kasdan was on as director, who's the best. And, I mean, and we've seen a lot of pilot and, and try again for those who don't know, but you can probably intuit it. Like, it's not a question of why are there so many bad pilots made. It's a question of how the hell does a great pilot get made because it, you have three months to assemble a cast where you're competing for cast, crew, and then somehow under this incredible pressure to work out budget and get. There's no real rehearsal time, and you got eight days to get, to have the show find itself. And, and I think the show did. This is a great pilot. I think ultimately, like the, the the hardest thing about a pilot is that you have to explain everything in thirty minutes. Yeah, and keep right. it funny at the same time. Yeah, without being like. One guy walks up to the next guy. Hey, I'm John. Yeah, I'm right. 23, and I've just moved here from Albuquerque. Yeah, and you're yeah. Like, I mean, you have the, yeah. the choice of making like an origin story, or yeah, we just, were talking about the, the, yeah, the premise pilot. Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking, was like, like the Borgias was the ultimate premise pilot. The whole first hour, of, I don't, I don't really watch it, so I'm not digging it. But the whole first hour is, and at the end, he becomes Pope, which tees up the series. Exactly. So that is a classic uh, premise pilot. Do Do you get that sort of Schadenfreude when you see one of the shows that you've been that you've tested for canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> name, name, well, one. name one show. Veronica Mars. <laughs> I didn't test for, I, that was why I was like, Hey, you know, who's a good guy. Rob Thomas. Yeah, he is. A Rob guy. Thomas and Dan guy. Etheridge. Those guys hired Thank me you, day sir. one. Thank you. What's sir. up? Right. <laughs> Boom. I was like, somebody you. knows Bring what to do. And then you're like, well, what about now? Hey, Rob. I'm, I'm right here. I, 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 it's I'm, not I'm so much. I don't like to see shows get canceled because when they get on, it's like, well, and, and, and then a lot of them have had me back, so you kind of feel like. Well, also, and, it's like even unless you hate the the person who's running it, like you just have developed a personal empathy. I always think about all that cast and crew just lost their jobs. Yeah, I don't like to see a show get canceled. Yeah. I really don't. However, I, I when when a show I've tested for that I knew I kind of really wanted or or thought I was right for uh, does not get picked up as a pilot, right? I'm like. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, problem one. <laughs> I, but I ultimately, I, it's not so much like, oh, I'm happy that it didn't get picked sure. up. I, it's more, it's more so. I'm so happy I don't have to watch that every week and think, oh, like episode six would have been, you know, the down payment on the house, <laughs> right, right. and my or my daughter's like first year at Marlboro. Yes. and you're like, oh, okay, great. Thanks so much. Yes, there's a, there's a show along the way that 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 Rob had written that we were going to be involved with that we had to step off of because we we had some other pilots order which was Happy News at the time but we had to step off and that that show's still running. Oh, so, oh yeah. yeah. So that, is, that a painful step off. Sometimes those things do happen. So thanks, No No Two One Zero. <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, that. And then I was supposed to test for it, it when you guys it, were doing it. It was a great season. I mean, cause again, you know, I think the, the world of Rob's writing and, and he, so we'd written two, it was an amazing season because he'd written two pilots for ABC that we were waiting to hear from. And then CW came to him and said, okay, we, we want to re- redo 90210. And, and like in two and a half weeks, he, he, he turned out a, a t- terrific script, more of a John Hughes take on it. That, that's kind of being simplistic, but less catty and more like, hey, we're all in it together. It was a really good script, and then the two ABC pilots got ordered, so we were, you know, had to kind of step off that and give that up. And then, unfortunately, for various reasons, those didn't work out in nine or two when I was. Those are terrible problems to have. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so those things happen in TV land. Um, what's the uh, new girl about? Uh, uh, it's basically about Zoe's character, Jess. Right. Um, she just breaks up with her boyfriend, finds him sleeping with another woman, and they live together. She then has to move out. She looks in. At Craigslist or whatever, and right. finds this Pete's list. Yeah, this opening, <laughs> uh, 
or this roommate availability with these three guys. Right. So she comes All in. disparate fellows, <laughs> each with their own beautiful comic stripe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing. Did I get that right? And, and you're the gay one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I do believe you're – I'm sensing kind of a womanizer of sorts. I think I think it, it – like the, I think the initial idea might have started out as a womanizer. I think now he's like one of those guys who is just really horny <laughs> and doesn't maybe get. Wait, is there? That's a thin. That's a thin membrane you're putting between the two. woman. No, he's not a no, womanizer. No. He's just really no, horny. No, but but, but like it's really horny who, who doesn't get it. Right. Oh, womanizer implies success. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Thank you, Marty. Yes, that's Thank why we have Vice Merp Marty you here with us. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm hey, you know what? It is one o'clock, and you know what it's time for one o'clock, Matt. We have a bit. Did I just call you Matt? Yes, you did. <laughs> I tell you what, Matt Greenfield. Thank you for coming on the show, by the way. He was like, oh, should I call him Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd. I can't believe I just called you Matt. Adrian Smed. We have known each other for seven years. It's so weird. I, you, know, you know how stupid I feel, though, even putting my, my, myself in the same like, category as like, like Adam Scott and Paul Rudd. Oh, Rutt. please. Like, you are yeah. incredibly talented. Um, here, at, here at 1 o'clock, Max. We have a little. Uh, I initially asked Marty to come up with three questions every day for our guest, and then uh, we now call this segment, wittily enough, Marty's softballs. So I hope you enjoy it. Marty's gonna have three questions. Is this like a Lipton you. thing on Actor uh, Studio? Uh, <laughs> if it was, we don't, we don't if like it. Was COVID. done by a, a six-year-old. Um, for instance, mm. what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Wait, are you kidding? That was the softest ball you've ever had. I know, I know. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream? Well, it's a cul-de-sac. Where do we go with that? I don't know. Let's, okay, let's, let's try find let's out. Let's, right, find let's out. see. I'm cutting it off. I'm okay. lactose intolerant. <laughs> you know, that was, I'm worried that, that was you. slightly anti-Semitic. He really gave <laughs> you it. Know what? It wasn't, it was, he just said, I'm lactose intolerant, but he gave Marty, it. Marty, you know what? You know what? You know what? That was not a slight barb. That was a, that was a fucking. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. So that's how he was going to say The only funny okay. voice I have. All right. All right. So we've all seen your work on Friends. My uh, apologies. Oh, <laughs> I watched the acting reel this morning. You were on Friends. Yep. But check yep. out Marty Yu's yep. acting reel on YouTube. You can find it at, what is it? No, I don't, uh, just no, tags, no, Marty Yu, YouTube. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Ice cream. We really got to get back to that. Yeah. Because we cannot. I, 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 I think ultimately I like just, you know, like the vanilla, you know, when you order vanilla ice cream, but you can see the little seeds See's of like, bean. Uh, like yeah. the, the, the vanilla the, bean yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And then it's about, you know, because then I can go topping. And then it's like. <laughs> Every day is a different day. Nothing you know I like I more mean? than going topping. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. There is a, thank you, James. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming. Try the veal. Um, the, uh, you know what I love? Obsequious. It's not. That's not obsequious. That was just stupid. Damn it! Let's stop stupid. pretending that I know what obsequious means. Twin brother. Want to hear another? Want to hear another stupid story about okay, me? Bring it. As long as it has the ice cream. In 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 the realm of of me not knowing what obsequious means. Okay. I'm at a table read for Greek. <laughs> I think about 30, 40 people around, and I play a French teacher on, on the show. Oh, this should be good. Not thinking – believe me. Let me tell you what the last thing I'm thinking about playing on that show is, a French teacher. <laughs> so I'm playing a French teacher on the show, and I'm there's a moment where I'm on the phone with somebody, and it says like, oh, thank you. Or, or it was like, it was really nice speaking to you, and then comma, M-E-R-C-I. <laughs> oh no! Okay, okay. Let, let's let's. Through the, I know, but through the. Oh my god! Okay, okay. Let's play I got, it. Up. I gotta sit back. This is where Dan, sitting, this is where Dan, go, this is where Dan looks at me and went, 
I went to Yale and I'm friends with this man and he's embarrassing me. <laughs> this is appalling, Max. So I read the script. You know, you get these things the night before and I think, oh, you know, he's saying goodbye to the woman on the other end of the phone whose name is Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> And so I read the line, and it kind of gets like a long pause. I was like, oh, thanks so much, Mercy. It gets a long pause. And then Paul James, Dude. Paul James, you know, my, uh, my lover on the show turns to me like any, you know, any, any solid acting partner would. And in front of everybody goes, it's Mayor C, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it took so me a minute to be like, you merci. I was like, oh, that's right, I'm a French teacher. <laughs> oh, shit. And they already shot the previous episode, so they couldn't recast you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was deep in. I was like, what are you going to do, recast you, fire me? It's merci or what? All right, I'm yeah, out of here. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, uh, you survived that incident. <laughs> Along with many others, let me tell you. Um, you didn't, but you know what? Iceberg. You didn't bring it back around to Vanilla Bean. Uh, I think Vanilla Bean. Man. Vanilla. Vanilla. It was more important where Vanilla took us. <laughs> where that sounds like like a Judy Bloom novel. Yeah. <laughs> where where <laughs> Vanilla took yeah. us. Look, ma, I'm bleeding. And where Vanilla took us um, <laughs> reminds me of Rogerio and my, like, my second yes. day of Veronica Mars, where she oh. was like, "Oh, look, you can speak." <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. You know, she came in and did a guest spot with us when we were guesting for uh, for Kevin. This is Diane Ruggiero. Yeah, yeah, great writer. Yeah. She was hilarious and vulgar and wonderful. Love her. Yeah, yeah. She talked about our sex life a lot. If anybody's interested, I'm going to say cake batter yogurt. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show for today. Yeah. No, 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 nonsense. Da, 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 da. All right, second softball. Uh, no, it's a little harder. Okay. In both short term and long term, what influence does quantitative easing by central banks have on the global economic crisis? Oh, that is slightly a harder no. ball. Uh, no, I just, hold on. <laughs> I just explained to you how I misread. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> but, but Max, everyone's up on quantitative easing these days. The old QE from the uh, Federal Reserve. Well, we're up to the QE2. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And we're debating. No, they're not going to do a QE3. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Kruger, because I really could go on about week. this whole deficit and debt thing for a little bit. So, Max, sit right back. Here we go. All See, right. the problem yeah, no, no, is we've got four trips. Here's what? the real second uh, what was your last non-acting job including prostitution <laughs> um I've, you know i've been fortunate i haven't had a job in a, like a, in a non-acting job in a while uh i huh oh this i i don't know if this was my last one but i but i remember doing this mm-hmm. um i i i was i was terrified to get a job being a waiter, which most actors do, yeah. because I thought I would be horrible at it, and I thought I would. I, I didn't understand how people hold the tray and, and balance all that stuff. Right. Yeah, and, and, just, and you don't want to get good at it. Right? And I'm not, and I'm really not good at like I don't know communicating with people in that manner. Like, hey, what would you like? Graciously, probably. Obsequiously, so obsequioso was. So I was like, I need to find, I need to find a position where I'm kind of my own boss, or someone could just be like, do this, and then I'll do it for like an extended period of time, and then come back with some sort of result. Right. right. So I started, I started uh, driving, um, and delivering uh, pharmaceuticals. Just call it your legal drug runner legally (laughs) to to old to old age homes. I did it for about four to five months, and it was the most depressing 
thing Ugh. on the planet. Because the you could, to the smell of death is about. And did, you, had you know to, what? You had to this deliver. is a comedy show. <laughs> we really because it gets because I would like walk into these places because there's like a night shift too. And I you would had do to a get night the pills to each person. I remember going to a place like down, and you would get more money if you took like the longer routes. Right. And plus, that would mean like, hey, I don't have to deal with somebody. Right. Yeah. I'll yeah, drive yeah. down to San Diego every other day. I don't give a shit. Right. So I would, so I would go down to like San Diego and there was this one place. It was like right outside San Diego and you would walk in and like every once in a while, this would be like 11 at night and you would just hear weird noises <sighs> and you were just like, like just horrible groans and stuff. And I was like, man. <laughs> I gotta get on that Veronica Mars. <laughs> no, is that the your way of pivoting to the? Is like so. My suggestion that you had the stink of death there. That was dramatic, but the but the the. I don't know. Noises. There's no comedy in it. It was so sad and depressing. I like. I, I, that is the subtitle of the show. Nooner, the stink of death. <laughs> that's why. That's why that uh, you could put that if you put that at the end yes. of that of that theme song that you played oh, before. Let's do a nooner. Stink of death. Yeah. <laughs> See, then I think... There's a, you know what's hilarious? Yes. <laughs> there's the show. <laughs> there's this other show. There's this show that I really watch. funny show. Let's, let's bring it to a little bit of light place. I, okay. There's a show that comes on after Sesame Street because I watch it every... I, I watch it, <laughs> that also has I watch it every. I watch it every morning with my daughter. Right. right. And it's called Martha Speaks. Ooh. And it's about a dog who speaks. Now, hear me out. This is what happened. I wasn't going to interrupt It's you. an interesting story. Martha, <laughs> she was eating, you know, some alphabet soup, yeah. as dogs do. Yeah. And what was odd and different right. was that the the letters right. didn't go down to her stomach. They seeped up into her brain, and now she can speak. Okay. Oh, that's the premise pilot. That's the that's premise the of premise. the show. Okay, so, and, and, so this happens it, in uh, moment one of the show. But, animated or? Animated. Okay. No, it's real. <laughs> no, they found no. this amazing dog. No, it please. could be Pop. Marty, you, please. You I'm Marty, I'm telling you. Get on a roll. Let him go. Marty. God oh, damn it. Stop and Demoted to please. something below Vice Mode. So, there's nothing below that. <laughs> <laughs> was that? That, is, that's, uh, that was James. That's like James piling it on. racist way. Yes. Of, yeah, it's of, like hurting Marty. Like, okay. Kick from you, kick from you, kick from James. Okay, okay. back to okay. So, this, Martha. So Martha speaks, yes. right? So Martha, and then in the theme song, the theme song is Martha speaks, Martha speaks, Ma like, and it says it over and over, and then it says, and then like Martha ate some alphabet soup. Then what happened was bizarre. And then this doctor comes on and explains what happened, and then it goes back to what we've already heard eight thousand times, which is Martha speaks, Martha speaks, and the very last line is it cuts out and goes. Just to reiterate, Martha speaks. <laughs> right. that's, that's funny. That, that's... Just cause, and you're like, really? <laughs> Did you need to tell me? Like, a, is this like a barb? I'm like, hey. Let me annoy all the parents who are watching. <laughs> well, out does there. It, did Just even like, your daughter at that moment go? I get it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you keep watching it. My wife and I will go out and like, like when we're. You know, kind of in a tense moment of irritation with one another, yes. like to break the the kind of <laughs> to, to break it up a little bit. I'll be like, "Hey Tess, I just want to reiterate, Martha speaks." <laughs> oh, honey. Huh? And oh, she, and then she melts in your arms. And, yeah, okay. She'll, she'll go. Hey, you know what, Max? Fuck you. You didn't do everything that was on the list today. Would you get handed a morning list? Let's not. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Too personal. What's the next curveball? Softball. 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 Um, what is your favorite sports movie of all time? 
going to be the blind side. I know it. 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 You you want you want to go that? Yeah, yeah. Some time. I got I got I got two. I got two. I got two. I got three. Bad news bears slap shot. Those are my two. You're kidding, really? Of course. That's right. If I had to pick a third, it would be breaking away. Oh, also great. It, oh uh, while God. Max is thinking, the greatest moment – see, I adore Walter Matthau. I think he's one of the greatest actors of all time. And one of my favorite moments in cinema is in the dugout at the end when he's, he realizes I'm becoming the dick coach that is doing the wrong thing. And he starts to put in all the uncoordinated kids. But that realization, most movies today, would he'd have to articulate it. Somebody would be there. He'd have to do it in dialogue. Right, right, right. And on this, they just put the camera on Matthau's face. And you can see his old train of thought. I'm becoming a dick. I, oh, fuck. I totally lost the whole spirit of the thing. I'm going to change my ways. And he does it. And it plays on his face just in this great, like, five, ten-second shot that holds on him. And he carries – the whole movie is in that ten seconds of just – Facial acting, and you get it. It's so poignant and well done in the middle of one of the great sports movies of all and, time. And those three best. movies, what what's important, what, what they de-emphasize is winning. Like it, right. those, none of those yes. movies are yes. about winning. They're, exactly they're right. about they're about character. And they and also have about, the great seventies way of like Bad News Bears. Like you, you so feel it's there, and you believe in the world. And, and there's a, I mean, you couldn't do some of the X-rated st- or R-rated stuff they do with the kids in it, but it's so yeah, important. The drinking real and, and the words they shove use. it up your ass. Just like Slapshot took on the recession of the seventies and turned it into an excuse for sort of yeah. a crazy, vulgar. This is what happens when we all go to shit a thon. But anyway, Matt, have you guys have you gotten have you had enough time, Matt? <laughs> Ladybugs, <laughs> Ladybugs, Slappy and the Stinkers. <laughs> My, you know, Ladybugs was a good movie. Let's not, let's not. You know, yeah, no, you're let's right. Let's step not, on Rodney no. Danger. You are right, so right. right. Oh, but back to school. If diving, remember when remember when the when the blonde kid was like the bad guy in every like oh the yeah, yeah, karate yeah. kid yeah, and like, then this and then like well, he's our like cam a, he, what's that guy cam jigginday he was in uh, the, he was in hot tub time machine yes yeah, he was playing the, oh that's right yes they had him really? in hot, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, the bad guy oh, he's like give me a blowjob yeah that's amazing yeah but when he hops off like the the ladder oh right yes and he's like oh my ankle and they're all like what are you kidding me. You, but you've had enough stall time now. Unless we took the one. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. It's a, it's a real stock answer, but it was on TV literally yesterday morning, and I found myself watching the entire thing. Brian's song. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you bring up so, I know. <laughs> the stink of death? <laughs> oh, God. I think that was the subtitle. Yeah. I could be wrong. That's where you go. You know, I bet this Dan guy doesn't like himself very much. <laughs> True that. <laughs> the secret of comedy. It's self-loathing. I mean, no, but Hoosiers was on. Oh, Hoosiers is terrific. And you watch it and you yeah. just go. Yep. Did you cry? Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Marty? I did. It, you know, there's I, movies I that do that. Like the Three natural times. <laughs> At I, once in the credits. Once here's it's seen Barbara Hershey. Here's what happens when you have kids. Okay. You, you A, become exhausted. Okay. And as a result of becoming exhausted, you find yourself emotionally available in ways that you never – or emotionally vulnerable in ways mm-hmm. that you never thought you would be before because I don't know that I'm really all that emotional in this moment, but right. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> and this shit is going to make me cry right now. You're at your wit's end. So – so Hoosiers came on, man. Yeah. And there were some things that were happening in that movie. Yeah. And some celebrations and some moments of pure joy. That last that shot. That just were just like, you know what, man? 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it loose a little bit. Right and you know what was another censored by that movie at the time, and I, maybe it resonates <laughs> now, is because Dennis Hopper had been away from the scene for so long, and that was his big comeback role, and it was just. That Everybody mo- loves it. When the moment where he hands it over to yes, him yeah, and he yeah. has that complete moment of yes. fear and like, I can't do this. Yes. And then he starts to get into it. Yeah. I mean. And it, and everybody loves in life and in sports a comeback story. So in a comeback sort of or underdog sports story, you're seeing the underdog comeback of a, of a great actor who had fallen on very hard times. So it, it had all this meta going yeah, on totally. as well. Which and then you watch great. Gene Hackman and you go, I'd like to quit acting. No, he's just such a titan. I'm so bummed that he's, you know, he just quietly retired. Yeah. And, Does and he still do the Lowe's commercials? I don't. I, I don't so. know. I'm, maybe he makes a pretty penny doing. I'm just hoping that someday someone, because I, I understand why he retired. He didn't want to just play grandpa roles or something like that. He said, but and I get it. I'm hoping someone someday has a movie with just this amazing part, and he comes out and gives us one. Because that guy has turned in. I mean, ju- he's the killer American actor. I he think. just. It's a, It's like every time he steps in front of it. It's yeah. Just like, I mean, hey guys, the watch, movies go on. Hey guys, watch, watch. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a load of my French connection here. And go. <laughs> By the way, if you have any questions for Max, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, call us at 855 yes sir. That's 855-937-747. That was helpful. That was very, very helpful. That's 855-937-7477. Lines are open. Lines are really open. Um, so it's Hoosiers is your answer. Yeah, but a close second I would say is Blue Chips. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. That was a basketball Wait. movie with the uh, Sha- oh, Shaq. Was Shaq? Yeah, Diesel. Shaq Diesel. Penny Hardaway. Yeah. Was it Calvert <laughs> Chaney? Wasn't it like William Friedkin mm-hmm. or something like that who directed it? I sort of I remember, don't remember it. but it, Nick Nolte played the coach yeah, in a that's Bobby right. Knight esque oh, fashion. Bobby Knight. I remember. Did he throw a chair? Of course he did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I thought it was really emotionally. Uh, I, I thought it really brought home a lot of points. It was Shaq, emotionally re- obsequious. Yes, Shaq has a few moments. You know what I should say, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq has a, f- <laughs> a few moments where he yeah. says, like, he's very concerned because he thinks he's got to get into into college, yeah. and he thinks the tests are racially biased. Right, and he brings this up several times. But what you don't know is that mm-hmm. he's really smart, and he can he aces the test, and he's like, man, I did it in my sleep. But he tries to pretend like. I'm better than this. I don't need to do it. It makes everybody worried. But in the end, like he knows oh. more than everybody else. That was a Ron yeah. Shelton script. Yeah. That, oh, Ron Shelton. Well, let's talk about William Bull Durham. Awesome sports movie. White Men Can't Jump. A, a sports movie. Tin Cup. <laughs> tin Cup. But oh, I, wait, I tin, tin Cup was tin a Cup great has, movie. That's, that took Don Johnson, who is a is a caricature of himself, but then used that character just such great. He was so good in that movie. <laughs> yes, Everybody's I amazing. I know. Yeah, yeah. I actually. Did but it was William Friedkin who directed Blue Chip. Oh, for the that is one of those movies that's cast unbelievably well. Tin Cup, yeah, Cheech and, Marin. Rene Russo yep. was great in that movie. And Costner it's the way across. you like Costner. Oh. I mean, sometimes, it, I mean, some, whatever, but that's the one where you like, you just dig him. Like, so the last screenplay that, that Ron Shelton did was Bad Boys 2 in 2003. How strange. And he did Hollywood Homicide with, uh, Josh oh, Hartnett. Right, mm-hmm. the, the guy used to make some great movies and I'm sure he'll make some great movies again. Thank you, Obsequioso. <laughs> <laughs> As I caught myself mid-set, I like, what the hell? What the fuck you, am I going to say now? You got to the punchline. That was, line line that was dumbass. <laughs> 
That was dumb ass. All right. As though, like, Ron Shelton would get offended. <laughs> Ron Shelton, Chris Obeck, and Kevin Riley are like are they listening <laughs> to the podcast going, this Dan Ethereum. Well, we're not having him show run our sports show on Fox and Stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, yeah, no, you, now, now play the... Play the, the <laughs> yeah. That's really from our... Oh, God, don't play it. <laughs> no. So what do you guys... Uh, what's happening with your show, the the um, gentlemen league of yeah, gentlemen's league? Well, I think you know this lockout has to end, right? But so it, it is could potentially still go totally. And yeah. what do you guys think about the lockout? Oh, you take it. I I I I mean, look, I I can't really speak educated. I, I'm not very educated on everything that's that's going on. Clearly, so clear. you know this. Shit. I know. You know. I know you have an opinion on this, and but, you have a TV show about. But it. I think <laughs> I think. I think it'll be done, if not on the fifteenth, within that week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, right it's pretty much over. As I, I think most people are talking about it right now, it's pretty much over. And who's Everybody. coming out on top? You you heard it here first. Or I think they've a come thousandth. to I think they've come to to an agreement. Oh, oh. so they come from. Oh, right on. All right, well, All right. we got a caller. Let's take the caller. Uh, caller, hello. Uh, where are you calling from? What's your name? Um, Elmo, formerly from the Tidewater area. Oh, fuck yeah, Elmo! Right on. Oh. Tidewater, baby. Isn't that Hamptons Road? No, fuck Hampton Roads, right, Elmo? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you which, now? Uh, which, uh, which city in the region known as Tidewater is where I hail from? Um, I spent four years in the Navy in Norfolk. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. Nice. I got, I got, I got armed forces all over. Dad was a Marine, uncle in the Army, other uncle in the Coast Guard, grandfather in the Air Force. I am the armed forces. And then Dan was like, I'm going to be a Hollywood producer. <laughs> <laughs> Easy street. Yeah. No, I tried to enlist gay. Couldn't do it. That's not true. That's not, that's not true. And it's, I have, that's uh, only half true. That, <laughs> you're right. That was that's a half fair. truth. Um, all right, Elmo. Well, uh, did you love Norfolk? Uh yeah, it was a pretty sweet area. Yeah, it's it was good times out there. Um, wh- where do you live now? Uh, Rochester, Minnesota. Good nice. God, man, that is cold. I've shot outside at night in February on an insert car in Minnesota. It was tw- ten below zero. Awful. But you guys have had a really bad summer, right? In terms yeah, of- it's been hot. Yeah. Oh, huh. you can't. I went win. up there and hung out with Visanth Shenko, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Oh, great guy. And a tough name drop because it's just a lot of consonants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of consonants. Hey, your state government's all shut down. How's that affecting you, Elmo? Um, it isn't because I don't uh, use state government facilities. Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. There you all go. right, then. Right on. Um, so what's your question? Uh, my question is what movies make you cry every time you watch them? That's oh, a great that question. Such a good question. Uh, good question. Toy Story 3. I've seen it a few damn, times. Oh, damn it, that did, that did. God damn. I just watched Story 3. Did you cry? I'm trying to get my daughter into like, like out of Sesame Street and into kind of like right. movies. Um, I blubbered she, during that movie. Really? Blubbered? Yeah. I'm not, I'm really? not there with the crying and animation. Well, first yet. let's, before, before we say goodbye to Elmo and answer his question further, do you have a movie that always does it to you? That, that unhinges? Um, yeah, I got two. Okay. 
one is the Space Rock movie with Ben Affleck, and the other one is uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, you know what? We did not mention. I was about to say one of the great sports movies and then TV shows. Friday Night Lights was really good, and I know what you mean. That one sort of gets me. I, less so on Armageddon, but I totally get it. It did save the planet, and that is an important thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Why do you hate the planet, Dad? I don't know. Why do you hate the planet? Right, Emma, we're going to gestate on this and answer your question right now, but thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, man. All you right. guys are awesome. All right, All right thank you. So thank you a lot. Talk to you later. Um, I because I, basically I'm stalling a little bit because I know there are movies that pull the trigger oh, for yeah. me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna clearly uh, West Side Story. I'm gonna have to take myself back <laughs> two years because now. Uh-huh. I mean, I cried at an episode of Modern Family the other day. <laughs> that's right, because you're that's exhausted. Right. You're exhausted. You want to hear the whole, most horrible crying story ever? Yes. I'm driving. Oh, I and I got was, one too. It was like, it was, I think it was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And they had played on some radio station, like the top 100 rock albums of all time. And <laughs> Carol King Tapestry came on. <laughs> yeah, let me just, in case let me just, let me just say okay. this. Yeah. I'm not a Carol King fan, really. You're neutral. I'm neutral. Right, I was yeah. like, you know, I've heard her music in the past yeah. and been like, very sweet stuff. This thing came on. <laughs> I'm driving. I don't remember. Melrose, Beverly, somewhere. I don't even remember where I was. And it just was very hard <laughs> just to the point where you have to almost pull over name. and you're like, oh, <laughs> is that the song? Whatever it wasn't. It was, it was, it was one of the lesser known songs. Oh, but it was it just her voice and her tone oh. and what was happening in the moment. And I had to pull the car over, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, man, this is you really stop the car. And I was like, this is some good music. <laughs> this is really happening. Max, I, I have a new nickname for you, Weepyoso. Oh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> the last time I cried in a movie, unfortunately, was uh, uh I'd done a couple of flicks with Ryan Reynolds, and he invited me to the the proposal uh, premiere. Oh, yeah. Now, but before you mock me relentlessly. This is what occurred. And look, the movie, the movie works and not busting on the movie, but the, I'm in there in the premiere and there's this dude I don't know sitting next to me. And right near the end, my contact starts going haywire. So when Ryan comes back to Sandra and does, has the scene that you, the obligatory, like, I, oh, I really love you. And they get up scene suddenly like four things of tears come out of my left eye. Thanks to my contact. And the guy, I turn and the guy that I don't know sitting next to me looks and he's like, what the fuck? You're crying at the proposal, <laughs> and I can't help it because tears are just pouring down my cheeks as Ryan's crying. I love you. You should have owned it. Oh, I should have gone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh no, it was mortifying. So uh, the last movie I cried at was the proposal for not the right reason. The last time I did miss up at the end of something, there's there's no funny. This is actually this is a dramatic story. No, it's just not funny. But I watched the. I'm a fan of Treme. I totally get it. People don't love it. I think it's a terrific TV show. I just personally really dig it. And there was a scene in the season finale. I can where, see you getting kind of a little bit <laughs> right now. There was a, a scene in the season finale um, where the uh, where where the 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 the, the, the African American bar owner kind of goes into the arms of her husband. And unless you watch the show, I can't explain the moment, but it was, it was two years leading up to that moment. And it was shot so beautifully because it was right as elevator doors were closing. So it had a casualness to it. Like you just caught this little moment. There's a little moment that paid off two years of character arc. And it really like just, uh, I got waterworks. Yeah. Waterworks. Um, thanks, Dan. Yeah. Terms of endearment. Yeah, everybody let's, cries. Okay. With aside answer. from like, let's crying. Like, has, has <laughs> there been movies that you've cried? Like severely in, because I've cried in a lot of movies. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty easy. I, I, I the cry deep, a lot. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> my friend Colin was like, "Hey, listen, uh, 
I really want to go see Marley and Me. I will not oh, see that. I will not oh, see that. Yeah. And and we hadn't seen Colin in a while, and it was like, yeah. all right, you know, it's like one of those things we haven't yeah. seen a friend in a while. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's go out to lunch, and then we'll go see Marley and Me. So the two of us went, and, and my wife was with us as well. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, I'll go see it. <laughs> Whatever. I'm talking 45 minutes into the movie, you start going... Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna happen. This is yeah. They're this doing is it to not me. Gonna happen. Why Please are don't they make doing this. this? Yeah, this is gonna happen. <laughs> and then you start crying like a little bit, like tears start yeah. rolling. Yeah. There's another forty-five minutes to an hour <laughs> left of the film, and you don't stop to the point where you start making noise. You start going. I, I'm unprepared for this. Right, I should have right. brought tissues or yeah, some right. sort of towel. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. a horror! And you're saying to yourself, "I don't care." Like I, like I, like I cried a bunch during Finding Neverland. Oh, really? Which I thought was a really yeah, nice yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought, wow, that brought up something interesting. Look yeah. at that. Look, look at me. Look at me crying in my seat. Yeah, yeah. Looking at people going, "No, it's cool. It's cool. I'm fine." This one was like, "Look, look what we're gonna do to you today." Heaving sobs. No, but it was like you thought. Maybe they can get me, but probably not. Right. And then they, they just, they did a lot of, like a lot, there was a lot of trickery. Yeah. Yeah. And then you felt like betrayed afterwards. The, like not yeah. so much at, at the movie and what happened in the movie, right. but the people who made the movie and were behind it and were like, look how I'm going to make you cry at those. Right, right. Yeah. That was, that was their, yeah. their goal. It's just like, yeah, we want big stars, but we really want to make everyone cry in the, the theater. The loudest yeah. crying. For 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the loudest crying I ever heard in the theater, genuine crying, and and I enjoyed the movie, and it did, you know, get, but was a a teenage girl around sixteen years old. I remember it vividly because these were heaving, uncontrollable sobs. I mean, out like it yeah, was, yeah. was. It's going to be probably sound a little weird, but the death scene of Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, the Romeo and Juliet death oh, scene. Oh sure. And oh. literally, this teenage girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. was collapsed with right. grief, and you know that is one of the great. Tragic grief moments of all of, but that you know, was like the birth the, of Leonardo DiCaprio as a sex symbol. But clearly for her, this is, and 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 wow, well, and that's powerful. It I think we saw it together. Him. And I, do you I remember could, that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it was so vivid that yeah. she was just destroyed. But and that's one of those things. Yeah. That, like I remember because that movie came out like when I was kind of, I think I was in high school, right? And I remember there were girls who saw that movie who afterwards would take offense to i mean and and like get very emotionally angry if you had said anything bad about that movie right 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 and it really did tee up titanic which i think was a terrific film but it teed up like the, all those yeah you know, I, right I, have, them, so. I got a tear in titanic a tear in titanic i, got, um, huh. I had one did, at, oh uh, yeah please this is an old one actually i got a couple quick yeah. ones but an old one. It was a Hallmark movie on TV. Awesome. Oh, I'm getting for Clemson now. No, uh, it was Bill starring Mickey Rooney. Yes, about the, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. the founder of handicapped. I oh, yeah. I just found that on on the internet uh, recently, and I I made my girlfriend. I like, We're gonna watch this. You, you got to see this movie. It's an amazing, powerful story. And yeah, that's no. soon as the credits, are, <laughs> I'm just crying. She's like, "What the fuck? No problem." And and uh, and can you imagine know, that guy a, is still alive? Alive. In, in 1939, he was the biggest box office star in the world, the richest uh, man in Hollywood. In 1939, yes. and he's still alive. Making and now he's the angriest. And yeah, and he's the weirdest. He's very, he's very weird. Yeah, but so. no, that movie. Um, Really, really does it to me. Obviously, still because yeah. I just recently watched it. And the other one was 
Avatar, but not because it was sad. Oh, really? It was because I got there late and it was IMAX and I was sitting in the very front row, so I was <laughs> crying tears of blood because I was so I would, close to the You know what I'm, what anyone I'm happy about is when you said that, I hope you noticed that I, that I said, oh, really? But I tried to do it in a sincere way instead of, I don't know, James, what, what I'm going to make yeah, of this. Yeah, <laughs> my, my it was, right? yeah, it was, it was I had a little bit of that experience, too. I went to go see it at the, at the Cinerama Dome. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, you know, with the, the 3D glasses and everything. Like, this is so intense. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. These are flying out from the screen. There's, that dragon looks real, man. Yeah. And it's coming very close to me. My eyes are hurting. This is a three-hour yeah. movie. And somewhere around like an hour 45, you're like, man, I have a headache, but I have got to see what happens. <laughs> to see what happens. And I'm emotionally yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, I'm like, I might die. <laughs> I, think my wife, I tell you the truth. I think my wife was pregnant at the time when we went to go see it. Uh-huh. And I was like, at some point, I was like, I was worried about like the baby and like, <laughs> her being pregnant and watching this craziness. And with the 3D glasses, I was like, is this somehow going to affect the baby? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is crazy. The baby's What's happening right now? Vision. You want to hear, I want to hear even a, whole, more, a more ridiculous story. So we went, my wife and I go to see Avatar with uh, our friends and uh, I'm, we had separated. The couples had separated. And, uh, it was a gay couple, and I'm sitting with, with, with our friend Joel, and, uh, Tess was sitting right in front of us. Right. With her friend Michael. And Joel and I were totally into the movie. <laughs> and Tess and Michael were just like, what are these blue things running around? Stupid. So Joel and I were kind of getting pissed off, and then <laughs> they had calmed down a little bit. And there is the scene where the two Avatar, you know, make love. Right, yes. And they wrap their tails around each other. And Joel and, Joel and I are sitting there like, oh, my God, it's happening. And you just hear out of nowhere Tess and Michael go, <laughs> like laughing like two children. Like, Look at they're going to have sex. Ew. <laughs> and I remember looking at Joel and I'm looking at my wife like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then there was like two 16-year-old kids in front of them who looked behind them like, can you please <laughs> respect the sanctity of Avatar? Are you fucking adults in this fucking theater right now? And I remember thinking, God, like, what is yeah. wrong with you? I, I had a, I had a different but bizarre – Cinerama Dome, which is a great theater, you can have – you got to get the right seats. And I was very excited to get – Although the movie turned out to be total horseshit, the the front row of the mezzanine for Battle L.A. Battle. Oh, right? right. So we go in. I'm there with this great Is that guy. 3D. You might have. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I was there with this uh, great uh, guy, this great writer named Dan Thompson, who's working on Once Upon a Time in ABC. And he. Uh, and so we're there, and it's in shaky cam, and it's so uh. about eight minutes in. Dan says, "I gotta go, and I'm gonna be sick." And I'm like, "Why? What, what's wrong? Because we hadn't, you know, we had like a beer or something." And he goes down to the little aisle between the mezzanine and the thing and starts to walk, and then he sways, and then he just he just faints and passes flat out. And the only thing that was worse than that was the fact that because I was still up where I was, I saw that not a single human being in the audience gave it paid it any mind as this guy had clearly like just fainted and passed out flat on the thing. It took me 20 seconds to race over and get to him and. Took him outside, and I guess he has vertigo, and so the shaky cam had gotten to him. So I paid at least $2 a minute for Battle L.A. at the Cinerama Dome, but thank God he survived the experience. <laughs> Jesus. Do you think Dan would like you telling that story? Nope. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Can't edit it out. We're live. We're going live. <laughs> oh, okay, but then I'll just say, he's a great guy. 
Despite oh. his vertigo and shaky cam films. Right. Awesome dude. Makes it all yeah. better. Makes it all better. I like when the, when that arc light plays like old movies. Yes. Yes. And they'll, and they'll bring like the AFI's top 100. They bring in old, old movies. And then you, sometimes you'll go and you'll go, Oh my God, this movie's so much better. Like I remember when I went to see like movies that were way before my time, uh, that I would never have a chance to see. Like you get to see it in this beautiful theater. Like we saw, um, I was going to say, we saw Cabaret there, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I, I saw Taxi Driver there. Yeah, yeah. And oh, that movie, wow. sh- that movie more than any, and we saw quite a bit of the top 100. That movie more than anything shocked me. Yeah. Because I'd never seen it on a big screen before, and right. it was so monumentally different yeah. that you were, I mean, when, when he's driving in a taxi and there's like, all the pops from the different lights. Yes. And it's yeah. like you'll be in a close up of De Niro and there's like a, like these yellow and green and, and there's huge circles of like pops on this uh, and you're just going, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a startling film and so like still has the same power that it had. That yeah. Weekend. And to see it on the big screen, which is what I do love it when they do that. We had the experience of going to see. Uh, and not as a joking, the, the theater was full of people. Made, the Muppet movie they showed there, and you could tell everybody was baked, and it was a fantastic experience. Come on, man! Really? Yeah. We're gonna go. We're gonna go from Taxi Driver. Oh no! Okay, okay. Wait, no, 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 Max, Max, I saw Lawrence of Arabia in uh, Cinemascope. No, wait! I am not backing down. I'm saying pleasant, lovely revival movie experiences. That's the category. That not, wasn't the, that, no, that was it not wasn't what I was category. throwing out. I was throwing out movies that are well, different on the screen, The majesty man. of the big screen. Oh, okay. I get Thank it. Sorry. you, Marty. I erase it. Thank then. you. I thought you were talking about the communal experience of seeing an old, older movie back up on the big screen again. There's a slight difference. Sorry. Oops. My show. I just flipped you a bird. I did it silently. Listen, man, you, you went to Yale. You need to understand. I mean, how do you not understand what I'm talking I, I, about? I didn't here? parse your meaning. I apologize. How was Yale? Four years. No, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> um, so. Let me ask did you go to Yale with the guy from Man vs. Food? No, he went to Yale Drama. No, I didn't go to Yale Drama. No, no, no. Uh, Alan, whatever that guy's name is. I don't know, but I just recently Alan? watched a, an episode a- of a- Man a- vs. Food, no, and no, no. he went. He was like, here I am in my alma mater, Yale. Yeah, and I right. thought, hmm. Yale Drama. No, he went to Yale Drama. Yeah. I don't know that this is, uh, well. You know where? Yeah. What? Were you I don't something? know that this is a great representation for the Yale. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right, well, sometimes I, mean, I, like, I don't know I that I – That's why I'm making a distinction. And now let me tell you something. Alone. I like the show a lot. Right. But at the same time, I'm thinking I wonder if, you know may, – uh, and maybe his – I wonder if his drama teachers at Yale are like – Look at him eat that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's seven and a half pounds. Such conviction. <laughs> Look at the way he talks about the steak and cheese connection and how they enhance one another. The sweat but, coming but off but his don't brow. Feel at their core, working actor. And there's a little pleasure in that. Of course, absolutely. So long as. I would like yes. to see the yes. uh, Maltese Falcon on the big screen. Yeah. I, I remember that being a very, very impactful film for me because I, that was the film uh, that actually taught me that the book has so much more for you because I had a great uh, teacher that, that taught us, you know, uh, read the book first, but forget the movie. When, when we're done with the book, I'll bring the movie in and we'll watch the movie and you can see right. the, the subtle differences, the nuances. I mean, you know, there was so much about uh, the, the the smell of the dank fog. Yes, and, yes, I mean, they're so yes. descriptive in the book and in the film. But the film, 
to its credit, I, I'd love to see, uh, what was it, Peter, Peter Lorre get, oh, get yeah. slapped with his own hand? That was yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah. That would be know. great to see. They're, they're doing, it, I it think is a they're movie. doing, or, or the, so, the Egyptian yeah. is showing Lawrence of Arabia on 70 millimeter this Sunday night. Wow. Really? I may just have to go see that. Might have to see that, yeah. That, there's a majestic film. Great to see on the big screen. Okay, Max. Do you, did, what, did it change for you when you saw it? It might Sunday. Oh damn! I know, I know what you mean. I missed it, but I got it now. I'm on. I'm in. I'm on board. Do you? I'm on board the choo choo Greenfield. Do you guys go to the? <laughs> if you what? make one more anti-Semitic remark, <laughs> so you mean I, I still got one more, or is the one more the final one? Or is the one more my last warning? The one more is the final the, one. The man. one more is you throw the head. I don't know who the out. fuck you think you're talking to, man. This is not Adam Scott <laughs> or Paul Rudd or one of your other lexicon of what like, are fucking Gentile famous actors? people. You know, Marty yeah, Starr, some I other guy that you put on Party I Down. Yeah, okay, well, let's pick the scab. Why was it? Uh, why, pick why, the scab. Why was it Max on Party Down? This. Why I, was yeah. it? Damn it. All right, we'll pick the scab. Here, I'm going to give you the honest reason. All right, I'm going to give you the honest reason. Jewish, just <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the headphones go off and he's out of here. Yeah, who's the racist no, one? Here's now? the honest reason because we kept again on a pad very much like this a list of and it was a short list of people we really wanted to have on the show. Let me interrupt you. Want real? I know you know what you you can say. No, no, but I say because this is the honest answer, and then you can you can say it. You can say whatever you want about it. Is the honest answer? There were so very few roles that had any substance at all. For people your age in that, in, in, in the thing that you play in the show. And except there were a couple Marty, for were like. You, were you on Party Down? Yes. We needed an Asian. I played. It was specific. You, you don't written. think I can do that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't try. No. No, that honestly okay. is it. There were like, there were some uh, okay. waiters with like a line here and a line there, but it wasn't like the great, like when you think about the guest stars that we have in there, you know, it's, it's Ed Begley or Steven Weber. These roles were written eccentric and, and defined in some way. That was the reason. We always would go, okay, is there a role for Max Greenfield? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I said one thing, and you see how defensive he is. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's because, not me. No, no, it's because I have felt, she doth protest too much. It's yeah. not thank, to de- thank, he, thank you, Marty. She doth protest adequately. I am saying that, that I feel so bad about this. She's still it. going. He's, I felt bad about you, this, Marty. You're never going to be in another television I show <laughs> do ever again, <laughs> ever. That's because it. of this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But that's but, it. But Max will. Yes, of course, because I really wanted to get him party down. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I guess next time, you know, we'll. I guess we'll just cast Josh Gad. You know, whatever. What's he doing now? Uh, my. That is that is the example that proves my point. <laughs> How, you and Josh Gad, photos up there, both very talented fellows. But is there something different going on in their qualities? Yeah, he's winning Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'm like. Testing next week, man. <laughs> hope, we, hope we get this show. I have felt maybe this horrible will be the one. about that for for years. I have honestly felt horrible about that. Why, Dan? Because I wanted you on the show because you're talented. You've been a great. See, here's the thing: like, I role. came here to let you free of that. But please let me free. I am. Marty's still digging the dagger in. I'm loving it. Right? Why did you get cut from the show? No, no, no. no, I just no like it, fucking no, with Dan. Just fucking with me. Um, which is valid. Which is valid. But this, yes. So I feel bad about. It. So do you forgive me? I've never held a grudge. <laughs> you kind of got a smile on your face. I've never, <laughs> I've never, I've never, honestly, okay. I've never. Okay, I've never well, I appreciate that. Except I for moments like it. when I'm watching the show. Right. I'll think, you know, this <laughs> fucking, uh, but other than that, I feel right, fine. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> you could have played the J.K. Simmons role. You could have taken. There was a couple things in there that I was like. They were. When you found out Jane like, Lynch was leaving, you were like, hello. <laughs> yeah, Megan Malone. I mean, I don't, whatever. <laughs> Let's not go there. 
Let's not go there. Yeah. Yeah. You should have been Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation. God, is he <laughs> not know. the best? Nick is just Is amazing. he not the fucking best? Oh, you saw him in Austin, right? Yeah. He came out in Austin with Megan and, and was actually in the balcony at the Alamo Draft House Party Down Marathon. And it was his birthday. So we did a Q&A. We did a shout out. And he just did a great thing. Just pulled down his pants and mooned the entire audience. Is he not the funniest thing he's, on Parks and Rec? And he's such a he's decent great. human being. He, Truly. He is so fucking funny yeah. on that show. Yep. It makes me want to cry. Yeah. He's one of the, like, every once in a while you watch people on shows or in a movie and you go, I don't think I should be doing what I'm doing because I'm just, he, like, that he guy's is, that good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, he, and, and then, and then, and then to boot, he's a great guy, which is always kind of cool because don't you hate it when you're like, you know, somebody's really awesome in something and they turn out to be like the biggest. That's why I don't like to talk time. to people. They just, they, they always disappoint. <laughs> I just, I don't like that's what, man. that's what this show is about. Disappointment? Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a <laughs> the sick of death. Through the rating. There's roof. <laughs> there's two people out there that, that, that watch Greek and are now like, oh man, I really like that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I listen to him yap his mouth on a stupid radio show. And like, I think there him. are far more people out there who like Greek. And if you're out there, you can call in at 855 no, YES. They like Greek and that were like into me on oh. the show. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. What was it like working <laughs> with Jack Klugman? <laughs> Wait, you work with the Klug? I did. I did. That, that guy's a legend. Nice. I mean, the I, I love him. You know, I've worked with a lot of guys who have just story after story right. after story. He was one of those guys. He told me. I, so for the younger listeners, he was in the Odd Couple TV show. And but even was, before that brilliant film. You know, he was a great he was a incredible and real and like a, a a theater actor yeah and did a lot of really really like high level theater sure uh, and and in the, the original 12 angry men movie with henry Fon- like genius yeah and he's i mean we w- working with him he opens his mouth and you go oh geez yeah it's one of those guys and you know he had throat cancer so he talks a little funny now right, yeah, but yeah. he's so i mean he opens his mouth you go Oh, this is like a powerhouse. Please, just don't put me in a scene with him. It's <laughs> yeah. too much. There's so many of those great character actors that age that you know train in theater camp and just, you know brilliant. But he was very he was very open and very yeah. cool, and we was a lot of sitting around on that movie, and we talked a lot. And one of the cool stories he told me, he was like, and he was very complimentary of of other actors and like a real like actors actor and loved to talk about it. That and horse racing. <laughs> but that seems so he appropriate. Lost, he lost so much money. I, yeah. He I loves heard. the ponies. His ponies, it's ridiculous. He like bought a, a horse for $6 million. Like, how much you make on that one? 600000 Oh, odd couple like, I love this. I was like, what do you bet when you bet on I bet on everything. So uh, he's like, I'm like, what, what, what's good about you being in this movie? That I'm not at the track. <laughs> this is When Do We Eat. But he uh, is the name of the movie. Oh, okay. Best we Passover know. movie ever made. Really? Uh, when Do We Eat. Is that trust to do with Judaism? Come on, Dan. Come on. That was Dan. a question and a phrase with no, legitimate I want, I language. I want to hear the here's the, the here's the good acting story. Yeah, that's okay. not right. funny, but like kind of cool as an okay. actor when you're young and you're yeah, listening yeah, yeah, to yeah. this and you're like, oh wow, this is like the business, the okay. history. Great, bring it. So I go. So I was like, I was like, Jack, uh, you know, you were around during Brando's times. So I like, like, what's what's like the thought? Right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. As an actor, you you watch him. It's hard to say that there's have, and when he's at his best, it's hard to say that there's anyone better. Yeah, 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 yep. Um, so Jack was, uh, listen, I'll tell you a story. He goes, I saw him do Streetcar when it was, uh, it wasn't even on Broadway yet. Oh, you're kidding. He goes, and he goes, and this is a guy who smoked like eight packs of cigarettes a day. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but like he goes, I love cigarettes more than anything. He goes. 
I forgot to have a cigarette at intermission. At intermission, <laughs> it was that mind blowing. The highest compliment that Jack Doyle and, he, and, he, and he, he gave that line yeah. like, like I forgot to breathe <laughs> for two and a half hours. He just he was like, look, man, I watched this guy. And it was, it was, it was. They say there's like a few moments in the, you know, in the Broadway stage that are, that just are, will forever remain electrifying. Brando and Streetcar, you know, Zero Mostel and Rhinoceros in the 60s, uh, Walter Matthau and the Odd Couple on stage in the 60s. Sure. Just like perform, and, I, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the great, there's a couple great landmark female performers. Paul Rudd. Excess <laughs> baggage. Of, but no. the, uh, but, um, <laughs> he's been on. <laughs> yeah, no, he has. But yeah, with their, just the people who saw it will never forget it. Just electrifying shocks to the system no yeah he said that one he, he he said that one and he oddly enough he talked about zero too and he talked about zero really in in fiddler i love zero must and yes. he said there was a few guys i forget i'm, I'm gonna I'm screw the story up i'm sure jack's listening and he'll be like <laughs> oh he's ruining all my story <laughs> under the track and betting it all yeah, it's like this idiot <laughs> what a moron <laughs> this this fucking kid um but he he mentioned a few actors who had done fill who had done uh uh fiddler and he was just like there was one, and there will only be one. Right. Yeah. I mean, Zero, like, this was this sprawling, massive, fat, frankly, man, brilliant actor and brilliant at comedy who was a stage legend, did some movies, not, not too many of them ever worked out well, but on stage, he was in, in Inesco's Rhinoceros, and he was in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Form, and then ultimately, uh, Tevia and, uh, Fiddle on the Roof, and both all of those performances, particularly the Fiddle on the Roof, that nobody can ever forget. Well, why didn't they put him in the well, movie? They, I read about that once because when they did the movie, there was this actor named Topol, Topol who did the performance. They just they felt like Topol was for somehow slightly bigger name at the time, and it was one of those things. And it was who one of those legendary Topol? sort of disasters because I don't know the movie may be great, or and, but like Zero Mostel, the legend didn't get to play the role that he would have been brilliant as in the movies. But anyway, Norman Jewison didn't cast him. Bad on him. Um, yeah, anyway, Zero, I'm sure so many people out there don't care, but Zero Mostel, yeah, you know, shout out to a great it old was good actor. in the front. Yeah, good movie. movie. Yeah, with, with that. So, Klugman, anybody else like that you ever work with? Um, I taught, I, when I was on Ugly Betty, <laughs> Ileana Douglas. I know Ileana. We, heard, we produced Marty and I produced a short, short film for Ileana in the 90s. Ileana and I legitimately, for like three weeks, we would pop in and have like, I don't know, a few lines every day. But for the most part, we're like extras. Because <laughs> like they were doing, you know, our, our, our characters would come in and have a scene here and there. Right. But then for, for whatever reason, there was like two weeks of episodes where we were in these big group settings and they wanted everybody in the group. Right. But they're not, we were like, you know, 13th yeah. and 14th on the call sheet <laughs> and had, if not zero lines, one. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we were always kind of paired because we were the two who didn't say anything. Yeah. So, and I remember there was, we were doing this one scene where we were at a, a, a funeral and the two of us were sitting next to each other and it was literally just the two of us sitting next to each other all day. And man. She has more stories. Yeah, she about, can talk because she she dated Martin Scorsese for quite a long time, and just was like, and it's just like, hey, listen, um, do you, I mean, do you mind talking about it? Like, what was your experience? Oh, do I? And then for four hours, <laughs> oh, cool. and, then, and then she was like, hey, you should come hang out with us. Like, you know, we're we're always down at the at the farmers market. I actually had a weird experience because we produced this short film with her, and she as sort of a, a reward. 
Scorsese was coming over to have lunch with her at her friend's house. And the three of them were having lunch. She said, why don't you come over and have lunch with Scorsese? So inexplicably that morning I went to cut my hair and I was saying like, I should get it shorter. And the person essentially shaved me bald. I so was out of town. I showed up. Yeah, Marty was out of town. So I showed up there bald and he opens the door. And, and when I'm, I, I don't know what I look like. I'm just normal average white guy here. When I'm bald, I look like that dull British thug, that fascist thug <laughs> who could just kill you at a glance and think nothing of it because he's too stupid to think of it. And and Scorsese got really nervous around me. So the four of us sit down to salad, and we've got like an hour to go. And he's in town because he's doing the Wild Bunch. Uh, he's premiering the Wild Bunch restoration uh, that he did. And that's one of the great movies of all time, Sam Peckinpah. And he, um, so the lunch is going so poorly because it's all small talk. And like I feel like it's wasted. And yet I don't want to start fawning. I don't know what the right card is to play. So I took a huge risk. <laughs> so I took a huge <laughs> risk. No, no, Obsequioso put away his You're like, I'm sitting act. with Scorsese, and, you know, it's just like, hey, how are you? Well, Where you can from? tell he's very pleasant. Oh, oh, this, and is, he... this is nice. And I'm like, man, i got to make a statement right now. I'm with Scorsese. He's scared of me with my shaved yeah, head. It's, I'm going to throw not going this out well. there. I'm like, let's. Yeah. So I said, and I didn't even believe it. And I just said, you know, i got to say, don't you think that the Wild Bunch is a little passe? <laughs> Oh. Right to Scorsese, <laughs> right when he's in town to premiere his restoration. I don't know. I don't know which is worse. The, 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 I said the violence in that. Don't you think it's a little passy? And the fact is, I don't believe it. I love that movie. I adore it. I just, for some reason, got in my head. I have to throw a firecracker into this fucking conversation, and I did. And it was the greatest thing that ever happened because he went off on me, not angrily. But he went into the thing that they mock sometimes. He went into literally a 30-minute monologue to me about why Wild Bunch, scene by scene, moment by moment, was the greatest goddamn movie ever made. And it was a master. I mean, here now I was getting the juice. So sometimes fucking things up is a really good move. Go and sometimes you sit next me. to a Kansas City's cheap defensive <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was an accidental firecracker. This one. What so, the fuck is the matter with <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that, that's I the, don't know. I panicked. I had, I was sitting with the great, one of the greatest directors of all time, and he was scared of me, and we were d- digging around in our salad. It was like that Will Ferrell, like, Saturday Night Live skit where you just hear the silverware clanking yeah. against the plate. Like sitting with the tiger and being like, you know what's pretty awesome? Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did it to be provocative, but it provoked and it worked. And the other thing I knew is, there was no way but coming. But you didn't have no. any confidence in that, like that you were being a provocateur. I, I did. I did. I took a shot. It was honestly like one time I took a weird risk. It was a weird risk. I grant you a weird risk, but I took it. And here's the thing. Scorsese would not come remember who I was after this lunch. And I wasn't seeking to do that. It's not like we we're forging a relationship and I was going to be producing his movies. So at least I have a memory and I have a, got a, I got a lesson. I got schooled. Here's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Have you ever gotten, and I'll throw this out to the group. Bring it. <laughs> starstruck. Like we're to the point. I mean, uh, like obviously, when you're with, with Scorsese, you don't know what to talk about. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna, you know, I'm gonna dig down. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something real stupid right now, and you did. Um, but right. have you ever been around somebody where you're like, where you have that feeling of? I mean, because with Scorsese, right, right, it's kind of right, like, right. I feel like I, I want to ask him something or I want to say something. But have you ever been some with, with somebody where you're like, whoa? Well, the okay, go ahead, Ted Ramey. That's your answer. Yeah. Do you remember? Like that was a like we. Like back in the day, we would see him yeah. at parties, and I would be like, "That's Sam Raimi's brother. He was in all these." I think that might have been a beautiful thing that y- you were on, and I, I think probably, um, getting. <laughs> this is gonna sound dumbass. Getting very close to Bill Clinton. 
That's not dumb. I would, he's I a would, president. I, he's president a fucking president. I would, yeah. Was I mean, he president I, at the time? Better. A friend of mine named Eric Liu, who was uh, his speechwriter speech for a while and then deputy domestic policy advisor, I think. We were in D.C., and he took us into a tour of the, the West Wing. I mean, the, in, the real stuff, his office right in there. And then he brought us by the Oval Office, and it literally got to kind of put one foot in the Oval Office. And then right there was Clinton putting just right outside the wow. door there. And then he walked through, and we, we almost got to meet. It was so bad because it was Eric's last day, and if Clinton had made a right turn instead of left, he'd have bumped into Eric, and clearly I would have had a conversation. With him. But, yeah, I was genuinely starstruck in that moment. And if, I know that's not quite what you were asking, but that – no, that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the one time where like I w- I realized like I'm completely in that mode. But hell, it was the president of the United States, and I had a, my foot in the Oval. No, office. it's weird when you get around another human being, and you're like, yes, I automatically feel yeah weird right now. now this is not the answer to your question, but because it was only my first actor of name that I met when I'd mo- I moved out here and I got this internship. So I and. Of course, it's going to sound so stupid right now. So I'm not, this is not like I meant. Oh, because Rinder. we're all sounding so cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, yeah, you're right. But but crying. It, the, suddenly, my, my boss know. is doing a movie with with Chevy Chase. He comes in and I'm and I'm we're in the kitchen. And I'm making him his coffee. And we're just standing there, and I'm like, I can't believe I moved to Hollywood and here I am with Chevy Chase. And at the time, that was a super cool thing. And I and I got nervous, and I now. just blurted. I, well, it, yeah. yeah, but if it, you take away the nonsense, Chevy Chase. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, so I would, I would say in that yeah. moment, in that second, I was starstruck and all I could think I was, I wanted to, it was so awkward. We were sitting there. I was making his coffee. He was right there. And so I said another dumb thing, but not provocative. I said, so I, came, oh, I, just, I was so nervous. I just said, uh, so do you, do you want, should I call you Chevy or Mr. Chase? And without missing a beat, he just looks at me and says, Mrs. Chase. So I even got <laughs> just like fucking, you know, but shot then, down by Chevy you, Chase. It did was you then brilliant. say, Mrs. Chase, can I? <laughs> I wish I had. I simply laughed and fumbled the coffee, and it was oh, done. Sure. I wish I had a button. I would. I should have lied now and say. And I said, "Boom!" I didn't because there I was. The first words to Chevy Chase, and I got a zinger. I got yeah. zapped by Chevy Chase right in moment one. <laughs> yeah, so, you got yeah, room so, do you guys have an answer? I'm, I'm hogging the mic here. Um, Edward James almost. Oh, really? For me, and yeah, because really. being being a Mexican American descent, uh, my mother was a teacher she taught uh you know I, all this diatribe is going on in my head i'm like i'm gonna say this brilliant thing to this man i've wanted to meet him for so many years and i it just came out as i'm mexican and you're mexican hi <laughs> <laughs> he was like yeah yeah that's great yeah. Have a good one. Oh, it's horrible if if i had met paul newman that that would have been unavoidably starstruck. That that is my great movie star. You want to hear a good Paul Newman story? Yeah, bring it. We're gonna to have to wrap it up, but bring it. Yeah, here's a quick Paul Newman. So I did a, I did a show uh, with George Went. Oh yeah, yeah. Cheers. Whom I whom I love and yeah. is a phenomenal a, actor. A play? And a, no, it was a it was a it was a TV show on WB called Modern Men. Ah, and uh, oh, I remember that. Yeah, he, he was just he he was great. Um, and a great actor. Too. A really really great actor. Yeah. Anyway. So we were out one night, and uh, and he was telling me story. I was like, man, because I love. I was like, give me some stories, give me some stories. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you want to hear a good Paul Newman story? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess he was up in um, where were they? Where's where, what's the name of the town they do all the theater in? Up oh, in Williamstown, York. right? Yeah, they or, were up in yeah, Williamstown, yeah, yeah. and they were doing a play together, right? And they went out, and they went out to some bar, and it was like closing time, and it ended up just being the two of them. Yeah, and That's awesome, and. You know, there was a, I don't know, 15 minutes left till closing, and they called last call, and knew, and 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 uh, and George Wyman was sitting there, and he was like, you know, I guess we should wrap it up, and he goes, hold on, real quick, 
he calls over the waitress who at the time had like 12 beers <laughs> sitting on a on a tray and and Newman goes want to kill these <laughs> and George Will was like yeah, man, let's do that. <laughs> let's, make this, let's make this happen. He's like, cool, yeah, we'll take those. And <laughs> just drops them off. And the two of them sat there and finished off this pullback. And he was like, man. God damn. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that, that, I, I would, that would start struck forever if I had met that phone. I love that guy. Marty? Um, I had to drive Harry Nielsen across the street. Like, to the, like I worked at uh, this place called IRS Media. And oh, then, yeah, I remember that. And it was right across. We were... Recording sound, uh, do, doing a sound mix. Is that Cats in the Cradle? No, no, no. It's, um, uh, everybody's talking at me. Don't hear a word I'm saying. Uh, and, um, and he was so sick, like he couldn't walk. Literally, literally 50 yards. Yeah. I had to drive him, like doing all these stink U-turns. Kind of stink of death kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, not that great a story because I just couldn't think of anything to talk about. I used to listen to him as a kid. I loved his stuff. You should have asked whether you should call him Chevy or Mr. Chase. That's always what I find. Yeah, record. that's He's like, like Miss Nielsen. Right? <laughs> that's, well, that's how you test somebody's <laughs> zinger ability. <laughs> Mrs. Chase. Uh, fellas, that is, that's a wrap on another second edition of Nooner. And yeah. I got to thank so much Matt Greenfield yes. for coming in. So Matt, <laughs> Matt, when do you start up uh, shooting again? Yeah, when do you? You pimp a little. You know, I sit here and you guys belittle me. <laughs> With barbs, little barbs. <laughs> we begrow you. We begrow you, For how Matt. long now? How long have I been sitting here? This has been 90 minutes of saying how and, awesome you are. And b- just belittle. <laughs> begrow. Begrow. Be big. Yeah. So, yeah, our show's yeah. dropping. Uh, <laughs> it is so dope, by the way, this pilot. <laughs> it, it, it is bomb. Great. You can watch the promo on YouTube. It's a great Yeah, promo. please check it out. We're on Facebook, New Girl. Uh but yeah, we we drop. Uh, and by the way, you need to get a. You don't have a Twitter thing, and you need to get one. I'm, you know, or I'm, a friend did one that's I'm, mocking you or something. I, I can't remember. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was Dan. <laughs> it was me. Somebody is like at Max Greenfield, but it's it's like Max can't get a date, and that's the only tweet. Awesome. So it looks like somebody may have already. They're not, squad squad. That actually is me. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, Tuesday nights, September twentieth. New girl starring Zoe Deschanel. Uh, we're on after Glee. Please tune that's in. Great. It's uh, it's really good. And I, well, I'm not going to say that everybody's show comes on. I'll just say it's it's good. This I, is really good. Yeah, and I'm I, I, you know, I'm really happy to be a part of it. I'm really proud of it. And well, I'm thrilled that that you landed this role because you have well deserved to leave. But I'm sure you, you know, and you know what's nice? Yeah, I'm sure you guys will get on at Fox at like at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Ow, I, that, I've been barbed. Wait, was that was that not? I, I, if, I, if they could see the look in your eyes right now, they'd know that what you're saying Dan, something, but you're communicating Dan, with your face like math on Bad News Bears. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of good buzz. <laughs> You know what? We're gonna we're gonna pull this thing off, and we're gonna be on mid season. Booyah! And we're both gonna carry Fox to greater heights you, next you, year. You act as if I'm not I'm not I'm not with you on All this. Right. I'm hearing a lot of good things. Uh, thank you. Well, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Good thank luck you for tuning in. I, look, I love being here. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, tell a friend if you like the show, and uh, feel free to yeah. Twitter. What's it at? Nooner Dan Marty, and we are Fridays live twelve to two here, and then we uh, we drop on iTunes, I believe, every Tuesday. Tuesday. Following Tuesday. Yes. Sounds good. Great, James. Alan, thank you all so much, and Megan, Kevin, the whole gang, and we will see you next Friday. Sup today. <laughs> Forgot that. Oh.
When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork body and dig into a Nuna. It's Nuna with Dan and Marty. If you never had a Nuna, well, there's no sooner way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a Nuna. It's a Nuna with Marty and Dan. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. After Smornings, get your midday fill on Nooner with Dan Etheridge and Marty Yu. Live on Sir, Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.